0: Jamie, three, two, one. Was uh, was this beverage concocted by you? Was you the first one? Yes, you you created rye brain. If
1: you ask me, yes. If you ask Dudley, what does he say? He would say maybe he was there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> maybe he was there. But he might have been there. He was definitely there.
1: Yeah. But whose idea was It's there? hard to say with these Cheers, things, Joe. Cheers. Cheers. Good to see you. You look good.
0: You look good, too. Yeah, I would mean, even better with this shirt, right? Look at that shirt. This is the new Ben O'Brien special. Get that shirt. Can you get this from your website? What you go to the, the, the meat eater.com. The meat-eater. The meat-eater.
1: You go to the store, and it's there. Yeah,
0: so what people, uh, you know, I had Steve on, Steve Ranella. Our good friend and yes we were talking about what they're doing with what meat eaters doing mm. but it's this is very strange thing where they're, they're this giant multimedia corporation has stepped in and they're, they're throwing a ton of money at meat eater and all these different companies that are involved in the outdoors all these outdoor activities that is true and they're putting it all together into one super network juggernaut juggernaut of outdoor activities it's true it's true yeah
1: uh it is um, something I've never been a part of before. Something like I've never seen before in the hunting industry.
0: It, has it ever existed before?
1: I don't think so. No. Can't I don't be. think so. Can't be. Can't be. So, we would have known. Yeah. Well, what better to try than something that's never been done?
0: Well, you had been doing your podcast for what? Like a year now? How long it's have you been, been doing about
1: ten, about 10 months. About 10 months.
0: About 10 months. And, uh, and we were just saying that I... I tried to get you to do one five years ago.
1: Five years ago. Yeah.
0: Ben and I met what? on a moose hunt in
1: British Columbia. And I would say that it was like friendship at first. Yeah, we had a great fucking time. We had a great right fucking time. Shout time. out to Mike Hockridge Yeah. Up Mike there in BC. A, Love you, uh, buddy. And Sam Soholt yes. was with us
0: as well. And now we had,
1: like, I would always describe that as like the most fun that I've ever had on a hunt. It was a good Maybe time. ever. I don't well, know. We've done a lot of stuff. We were laughing
0: then. a lot. That's why. It was like a lot of fun and a lot of... It wasn't a lot of
1: hardship. Like we didn't sleep in tents. No,
0: we slept at Mike's house, which is great. And then, you know, it was a lot of hiking and stuff. And, you know, wasn't successful until like the very last Last couple of days. And you shot a moose
1: and the the celebration was fantastic. We had a good time. We had a great time. We got
0: super hammered.
1: Last night, remember last night? What were you drinking? Like some kind of spiced rum or some kind?
0: I don't know. And it
1: got it got real.
0: It's well, when you're drunk and you're drunk in the middle of nowhere and there's
1: wolves everywhere. It's a different <laughs> kind of drunk. But we remember we <laughs> <laughs> remember remember that we went and we shot your bull right, but yeah. then we took the heart and the liver. Yep. And we started drinking heavily, and you yep. were up there just cooking liver and onions, cooking up a yeah. giant moose heart. So we had like the fuel of organs of an animal you just yeah. killed. Like And then some kind, of, some kind of like trash bag Canadian rum that was terrible. Yeah. And that's every party,
0: dude. But it worked. It worked a real good. I don't know what's good rum or bad rum at all to me. Like I kind of get good whiskey now. I understand whiskey. Yeah. Sort of. But being Irish, it's just like it's all it it's just all goes in. It Gets in there. And then it just does what it does when it's in there. Yeah. Once the party's begun. Like uh, here's what I don't get: tequila. People, oh, this is good tequila. Every tequila I ever drank, I go like this. What about that George Clooney tequila? What is like that? that? He's got his own tequila, yeah, doesn't he? Is it tequila,
1: Jamie? Jamie, Jamie'll know. Listen, Avion.
0: I'll tell you what sounds
1: like a like a fancy water. George
0: Clooney tequila can suck a fat dick (laughs) because Ron White's got his own tequila. Numero one. Yeah, sarcastic tequila. It's just, that's what he calls it, numero one tequila. Numero
1: one tequila. I
0: think that's what it's called, right? Number one? Or is it number one? Uh, It's number one? Number one. one. But like if
1: George Clooney wasn't good enough at everything else and all handsome and wonderful, he made a tequila company and like did it right. If you listen to the, the origin story of it, they did it right.
0: Well... Um, fuck at, his tequila there company There's there number one Ron White Number it's one It's good shit too Ron's is good shit But I think George Clooney's got enough money So fuck him But
1: I think yeah. he sold it For millions and billions yeah. of
0: dollars Yeah See what happened is He got married And he realized Listen I'm gonna have some money on the side In case this shit hits the
1: rocks <laughs> <laughs> You know What do I like to do When I'm uh, a little bit bored And not feeling it Tequila
0: Yeah Every man who uh, has ever heard An awful divorce story No, no matter how good it's going it, Every awful divorce started with i do they all started with i do they all started with and uh, good intentions you, you're amazing and it good s- intentions started with good times man started i will say again times. i won't
1: say the name of the person because um that would just be Sprout mean right them out no no there was a feller that i like i knew in um my younger years that got married and i was in the the wedding party yeah, this, that's what, the she sound got of doom. what she got there? What you got there? That's weed. It's very dangerous. It's dangerous for you. Uh, yeah, You're it from is. Mo- You're in Montana. You can't handle this yet. No, no, no. It's not legal there.
0: They made it illegal medical. They made medical legal and then they voted it out. <laughs> well, <laughs> fucking savages. Or they made California, dispensaries. buddy. They made medical legal and then they had dispensaries and then they voted the dispensaries out. When I was in Bozeman last time I was there, they were they were shutting down the doors of the dispensaries. You're living the golden land here. Yeah, but you know what? I hesitate to say this But it's probably for the best Just to keep people
1: like me We're in a safe space It's just me and you We're in the trust tree We're in the just, nest
0: Bozeman is so special It's such a cool little town We shouldn't be talking about it I shouldn't be telling people Let's not talk how great about it. It is.
1: It's a terrible place Bears will eat you alive they there They will eat you alive In the streets They're in the streets But Joe. the good thing
0: is The dumb people get eaten by bears That's true Like you you People will turn up missing Like some asshole Steals lawnmowers <laughs> He'll just t- turn up missing <laughs> what? He'll just turn up missing. He'll be out there like wandering a bear just the forest. Yeah, him. yeah, they get cocky, and you know, people that just make it to live to be a hundred in L.A. They get eaten when they're like thirty-five. Yeah, in Bozeman, <laughs> in the look de- at that. That's Bozeman. It's beautiful. Now nah, that's like a beautiful like,
1: place. Yeah, but that's in the summer. Oh, I don't give a fuck. I was there in, in the, the summer. winter. It's like yeah, it's like that, but white. Yeah, you ever I seen the show Game Cold. of Thrones? Yeah. In the winter, it's like White Walkers. Right. There's coming. a large ice wall. When did you move? We just, my family just moved there. We just moved into our brand new home mm. uh, about three weeks ago there, Mr. Rogan. But you were there before. Were you renting? Yeah, I was renting, living yeah. out of a, I lived out of a storage unit for a time. Oh, I'd heard about this. Remember? There yeah. a rumor. There was a rumor. Yeah.
0: That you, <laughs> Wild Ben O'Brien. Wild Ben O'Brien lives in storage units. in a
1: storage unit. I it's did. Like, it was it. a nice storage unit. Shout out oh, to man. Airport North Storage. <laughs> <laughs> so did you sleep in there oh well uh, did you get a gym membership or something listen airport north storage it's time for me to tell the truth oh my
0: god I can't believe you're coming clean with this I'm
1: coming clean I did sleep in there some nights I slept in in a storage unit
0: because are there laws against that I,
1: I probably it's probably like in the contract when you sign not to do that
0: really but I did it anyway what do you think will happen to you they would probably be you like get out the of the, the
1: storage unit and get a hotel you fucking loser weirdo you fucking loser um but I just did that, you know, as a sacrifice for my family. We're building a house. I needed to be where my job was. Plus, you can
0: camp out there. Yeah, you
1: camp out there. It's beautiful, man. Yeah. It's beautiful. And, and Bozeman is so popular that time of year that it's hard to...
0: Oh, that's right. Yeah. It's hard to
1: th- find a place to stay for a short period of time.
0: Airbnbs mm-hmm. and all that stuff.
1: That ain't really going Not down.
0: Amazing Airbnb. They just figured out a way to, like, rent houses out and make money when no yeah. one's there. Like, Yeah. You know, how, yeah. Uh, I'm good. How did nobody ever figure that out before? It's kind of crazy. There's a
1: lot of these technology companies. Yeah, like, like Uber. Why weren't we doing that before? Yeah. Uber is a great one, dude. I was coming home the other night. Yeah, and
0: there was five lifts behind me. So, you know, Lyft is different because they have that weird thing on the dash, that little light yeah, on the yeah, dash. Yeah. Yes. And it was like I was being chased by these
1: purple <laughs> robots. I was like, what the fuck is this? This is strange. I
2: was going to ask if you heard the storage, the big storage unit story from Notre you guys were just talking about that.
1: No. This big storage unit story?
2: Yeah. You remember like the, the show that was on the storage wars or whatever? Oh, yeah, 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 that, yeah. The guy that was responsible for selling them to people sold one to a guy for $500. And inside was a safe that had $7.5 million in cash in it
0: look at that guy was this on this the, the show it.
2: no it wasn't on the show it just happened Man. recently so the guy that bought it what actually was contacted by lawyers from the people who owned it and he made a deal with them what's the deal he kept, what's the he kept deal like a million or something like that and gave the rest back.
1: joe do you want to go into a business <clears throat> what Where are we? storage wars yeah look at
0: that guy's face look at his face <laughs> what are the chances? what the fuck <laughs> that's wife? what he's saying his i sold <laughs> that fucking. This <laughs> lady is happy <laughs> imagine Dumb! You have to feel you have a whole show <laughs> about people finding things in storage units. You sell a storage <laughs> unit and it's got seven million dollars in it. seven and a half, seven and a half million dollars. Still though, the dude gets to keep a million. How does that work though? Isn't it his storage unit? How about he tells yeah. that guy to fuck off? Where do I mean? Start if to go if to someone war.
2: lost seven million dollars. Well, first of all, come after you. How probably. dirty
0: is that money? Exactly,
1: that so money must be
2: dirty. So it's in a safe. In nice. a, yeah. it, was it yeah. just the safe only in I the
1: storage so. unit? Yeah, oh, that's got to yeah. be something bad. You're gonna
0: get that handsome Jamie? dude that was in the beginning of Ozarks. That handsome <laughs> Mexican dude. <laughs> <laughs> He's just a straight up murderer. <laughs> He's gonna come visit you. you can yeah. be like, hello, man. Yeah, that guy was my favorite. Yeah. I was so sad when they. Yeah. Spoiler alert!
1: So sad when they killed him. Like the dude from Breaking Bad that comes around, yeah. But the he w- twins. But did you see Ozark? You ever see Ozark? I watched like the first couple episodes. and well, I, got I fucked it up for you, yeah. Because was
0: a pivotal moment that I just gave away. There's too many. There's so many shows though. There are so many shows, but that's a damn good one. Is it good? That is a damn good show. What's the guy? That's, the guy who stars in that? Jason Bateman. Bateman. He's excellent. And the woman, Laura Lenny, Lenny. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. The family's amazing. The kids amazing. It's a fucking show, man. It's a show. It's a <laughs> show. <laughs> You get sucked in, and that Netflix lets you watch them all. Like Are you pig. ready?
1: Listen, let me ask you a question. I'm a, yes. I asked a lot of people this, and I said this at a uh, Christmas party, and I got with a bunch of hunters, and I got, you know, a of, like the stink eye. Like, what's this guy talking Conservatives? about? Conservatives? <laughs> I don't know about that. I, maybe I'm just weird. Have you ever seen the, sh- the movie The Greatest Showman? Oh, is that the, um, the musical? It is. I've been forced
0: to watch segments of that with my wife and children. It is fantastic. It's a very
1: good movie. Hugh Jackman's an angel. He's an angel. An Australian angel. He is. He's sent down here to save us. Save us. You ever seen him dance and sing? He's he's magical. I'm a hunter. I got a hunting podcast, but I'm telling you. You're a manly man. Look at that beard. Yeah, look at this thing. But I love that movie. It's a great movie. I listen to it on the Pandora, the greatest showman channel, and I sing the tunes.
0: Listen, dude, my favorite comedy on TV is the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt Okay, so I can't be talking about manly Lucky things or you. non-manly things. Hugh Jackman perform- announces World Tour what? set to perform the greatest showman songs. He's going to just sing Look the one-man one show. Him. Yeah.
1: Look at him. Wow, Joe. a one-man show. He's a gorgeous man. He's just, I mean, it's unbelievable. <clears throat> unbelievable. We'd but like, yeah, we'd we'd like I, get, I, get, I get made fun of for this. My, my, of course, my son likes it my wife likes it, but I enjoy I, I get into Wait a like your son. How
0: old is he? He's two. He doesn't know any better. But well, he's just like the music. He he's just happy around. that something's going on. Yeah, he's just like yeah, that. There's something on the smiling. TV. Yeah,
1: he's not like a cri- He's not yeah. writing a critique after. But if
0: you put on Dora the Explorer and then you switch it over to that bullshit, he'd be like, Is this fucking guy dancing?" No, he put would Dora be, back on. Put Dora.
1: Yeah. Listen, I think that I watch like if you watch things like Game of Thrones where they are burning children. Yeah. And like it's entertaining, but, but sometimes I need a break. Yeah. I like to watch a man dance around and sing. Yeah, or a woman, whatever, doesn't matter.
0: Those, mo- those shows can get dark where you're like, what am I doing to myself? You know, like narcos. Oh, yeah. And they would just go into a fucking nightclub and gun people down yes. and just sitting there watching like women and children yes. get
1: smoked. And it's, it's, what's the other, the show with Anthony Hopkins on HBO? What's that? The, I the robots? Seen that
0: one. Uh, oh, Westworld. Westworld. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the dark. same way.
1: Yeah, it's dark. They're shooting kids on there. Well, the kid's a robot. We can yeah. just
0: pop. Yeah, they shot one right in the face. It's dark. So see, every like, once in a while, you is... need
1: to sprinkle a little bit of musical in your life. I believe.
0: Yeah, what is that? Do you think? And here's come, coming from a person that's been on a bunch of life changing experiences, and I know you have. and sure. I, would love, I want to talk to you about some of them. Yes. Especially the one in Nepal where you almost died and you saw children and wolves
1: babies. We, we talked about that on the, the last podcast, but the, it's probably it, it yeah. would be worth revisiting.
0: Um, what do you think this is like? Why why are we so obsessed with life or death drama that's artificial?
1: Well, you see it like in the in the in the show Westworld. They talk about like it being a game, yeah. It being this game of excess. Like, what can't I do in my real life? Right. Yeah, so when you watch TV and you watch murdering and you watch this this evil thing come to life, you're just you're it's it really is something that you can be transported. You can't do that in your regular life. Well,
0: for for sure, with Westworld, what you're getting is basically a real live version of that Red Dead Redemption. Yes, right. So when you when you play that we were talking about the other day how this guy got in trouble because They have all these things in the game that you can do to people and this yeah. guy like tied this hooker up and Threw her off a cliff and shit and you That's could dark. you could do whatever you want But they were, they were filming this stuff and putting it on YouTube and then YouTube would get mad and YouTube pulled them off But then people were like well, wait a minute though. Why how come you can just do it? like what yeah. do you, why'd you have that in the game but it, it, it.
1: When my dad was my age Thirty, forty years ago, there would they would never have ever done no, nothing, done anything like Game of Thrones or Westworld yeah. ever, ever. In fact, there was a Westworld and it wasn't anywhere near like it is. You'll in Brenner. the modern day, R- good movie, yeah. But like, I think we've just stretched out the limits to which we're willing to explore, like really terrible and evil things for entertainment.
0: We've definitely changed what we're willing to accept and where the bar is. In terms of quality, the bar's through the oh, roof. Oh, through the roof.
1: It's through immersive the roof. to the point where you can't even like you can't even explain what you're experiencing when you're watching these shows.
0: Yeah, so like if you go and you see some great comedy from the 1990s, like you see watch a Dave Chappelle or Chris Rock special yeah. from the 90s. That holds up 100%. And Seinfeld the, like holds if up. that but what I'm saying is like if that was out today It would be a 100% stand-up special. It'd be be like, oh, you see the new Chris Rock, Bigger and Blacker? It's fucking amazing. But if you tried to put some bullshit-ass 1990s TV show on, on Netflix, if you tried to like finagle some CSI (laughs) Miami-type shit, you know what I mean? Some, Some nonsense. I don't know if CSI Miami, is that even a show? Is that a real
1: show? Yeah, it's a show. There's yeah. a CSI Miami. There is. There's several. There's many CSIs. I guessed,
2: but we've like we've, Law we've, and Order.
1: We've expe- like, Law and Order. There's so yeah. many of those. But we've expanded our yeah. willingness to like explore things that are. I mean, Game of Thrones, for example, is one of the best shows ever created, in my opinion, for sure. But it explores some unthinkable things, awful things, awful things.
0: Well, it's the whole show. Spoiler alert is uh, around a brother and sister who fucked and had a whole family. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So it explores these like these things that in we would never even touch upon in our media in yeah. the '50s, '60s, even the '70s, we wouldn't be touching upon those things in the way that we do now. No. Not we only
0: wouldn't. that, but here's the thing: Law and Order is not a bad show. Like if you watch it, you'll be entertained. No. no it's
1: not so a what bad happened?
0: Show. Why why did we go not good enough? Like what it, what was it? Was it
1: that
0: we did? Did they go not good enough, or did was it like? like porn like if you watch porn okay and you watch some porn from the 1980s and then you flip through like you porn not that i would ever do that but if you did do that and looked at all the different categories you'd be like what the fuck happened yeah like why are people why is gagging something people are looking for it's not a, it's not an accident it's we've, like a category
1: well, we've are, we've expanded our ability to conceive of things yes in a media space where we can create you can create dragons that that breathe ice you can create yeah there's there's things you can be transported like listen this isn't real so i can i can do this right, right. i can have this scene of of rape or infidelity or, or incest that yes. seems it's appropriate to me only in this fantasy world man sometimes i get down on that stuff like you watch enough of it you're just like i need a musical i need to be inspired that yeah. life is grand and i that's how I feel about it, man. And sometimes it comes across and like, this dude watches musicals, but I, I do for a little bit of a break Something sometimes. nothing wrong
0: like, with it. I, what I'm weirded out about is this natural human inclination towards progression in everything, good or bad, is that things just keep ramping up.
1: Well, but we're progressing with our storylines for like humanity in a weird way in media, but we're also like suppressing a lot of our, uh, we're trying to suppress through social justice. A lot of the same things right well some people are but i think
0: it's a small very vocal minority i think in reality there's the vast majority of people who find out about said suppression are upset by it and they're yeah. like what in the fuck are you talking about with this safe spaces and all this nonsense most people that hear that stuff are going oh this is just nonsense by a few like really loud activist types. yeah like
1: even on my podcast is something like as serious as hunting is because you're killing stuff like that's yeah. you are going out into the world and taking plucking something that you didn't put there like yeah. you're taking it away but like the, I think the, the core of what I think you do well and what I think others should try to do is like ask why why are we willing to why is game of thrones the the most watched show that's on right why 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 i, I can't well, I answer that question but it's away a conversation with it
0: because it's a f- it's so fictitious right it's so obviously fiction. Yeah. You're living in this fictional world. You have fictional white walkers. You have dragons. You have people that can survive in fire. Yeah, it's but like, it's there's so parallels
1: crazy. to real life oh, yeah. and then these, these ridiculous fantasies, but then these right. parallels to real life that, that travel along the same path. And like You don't get to choose between the dragons and the incest. They're yeah. both there at the same time.
0: I think it fu- it fulfills a lot of like base needs, but it does so in this way that's obviously false. Yeah. It's like, why are superheroes so huge to us? If you stop and think about the number of blockbusters that are superhero movies,
1: that are comic book movies, they're coming out like once every couple of months. It's now.
0: crazy. That was a rare beast when I was a kid. When I was a kid, if there was a Hulk movie, I would have jumped for joy. (laughs) There was no goddamn Spider-Man movie when I was a kid. There was a TV show, and it sucked. Okay, It was a goddamn cartoon TV show. (laughs) Spider-Man, Spider-Man, does whatever a spider can. Spins a web any size. Catches thieves just like flies. Look out. Here comes a Spider-Man. It was terrible. And I used to get up early
1: to watch it. Because
0: I was a huge comic
1: book. Narrative. You've watched the Lou Ferrigno Hulk, right? Fuck yeah, I watched it. That was a little bit. I mean, like you watched the Batman, yeah. with Adam West, yeah. You watch him now, and you're like, "What is
0: happening?" Here? So they came out with Superman. He was like the first movies. That what is this a Spider-Man TV show? Mm-hmm. Wow, that's another TV. What's show? that guy in the back? What's that guy in the background doing? Who's that guy? He don't look. He don't look like he's doing anything good. He's got a wooden stick. He needs to know those shits are just He needs to know that
1: Spider-Man can shoot webs out of his hands, and yeah. that wooden stick's probably not going to do much.
0: Then then Spider-Man sort of changed his ability, right? Because yeah. what he used to be able to do, like now, he could just basically fly. I mean, just f- f- hurls himself through the air and yeah. sticks to buildings. You know? It used to be a little harder to swing around back he's then. He's like, let
1: me drop my backpack full of textbooks. Yeah. And get to it. But
0: he's... That was, there was no Spider-Man movies when I was a kid. And there was a Superman movie, and the Superman movie beget the Batman movie. Batman movie <laughs> came out. <laughs> Michael Keaton... It was a big, big success. People were shocked that Michael Keaton was Batman, yeah. but, it, but it worked.
1: Was that like Danny DeVito was the penguin? Yeah.
0: Everybody got a shot at Batman. It was one of those things. If you were Batman, you must be the it guy. George Clooney was Batman. George Clooney was Batman. Christian Bale was Batman. Arnold Schwarzenegger was Mr. Freeze. Remember it's that? That's right. But they got to Ben Affleck and they went, nah, player. They went like, whoa. Like, isn't that funny? Like, that's real. Like, the amount of people that will see you as Batman, it's whether or not they really believe it. They, but like, like Christian Bale, I believe that guy
1: could be Batman. But Michael Keaton, for the longest time, was Batman.
0: Yes, but see, he started it off. See, the, the difference between Michael Keaton is there was no one before him other than Bruce Wayne, and he was the first dark, real Batman. I forgot about Val Kilmer. I forgot about Val Kilmer. God damn it. Val Kilmer was fucking Batman. What and a
1: talented a, human being Val Kilmer is. He's a beast.
0: Dude, him as uh, Doc Holliday. Oh in that um what's his what's the name of that movie? Tombstone? Tombstone.
1: God damn That's one of the that best movie? that's one of the best He was spooky Westerns ever. He was believable. That was a that was a straight up murderer. Probably still the most quoted. But see, nobody will think back on Ben Affleck's career and be like, he was Batman.
0: It's he, not just that He's done some good movies Yeah But so he's
1: also He always has There's nothing around his career That he, he must feel like Oh man if, if this goes bad It's gonna ruin me He's done so many great things
0: He's a very good actor Don't get me wrong But What is it about him? Is he too handsome? No, because Val Kilmer is
1: gorgeous. They're all—all they all those then. folks were very handsome. Yeah. Yeah, what man. is it? Is it Jiggly? It
0: is it him and Jennifer Lopez? It, it's it's a a is that it? That was a tough
1: time for him. It was a tough time. <laughs> Did you say Jiggly? Jiggly? I it? think it was Geely.
0: Whatever the fuck <laughs> it is. Jiggly. Whatever the fuck it is. The jiggly. man lost his mind. Jiggly. Look, not. Everybody should get that kind of pussy. It's just, it shouldn't be on your diet. It's too rich for you. Some people get diabetes, right? They need to lay off the sugar. Yeah. Everybody's got different tolerances. You eat
1: cake every morning.
0: The, Jennifer Lopez, obviously, besides being beautiful and having yeah. a body like yeah. some sort of a test tube person, some lab created super freak, obviously, she knows how to throw ah. that thing. She knows how to throw that thing.
1: I mean, it'd be hard to. It would be hard to argue with that fact.
0: Yeah, that's some goddamn Nolan Ryan pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Shilling.
1: yeah, you. yeah. I, I, and together,
0: I am not unaware of what you're talking. I'd about. I love the fact that those things go so hard. Mm-hmm. They go so hard, and then they fizzle out. They just, you know what it's like? It's like having a like a pinto with a fucking Corvette ZR1 engine stuffed on the hood. <laughs> <laughs> I just stomp on the gas on the highway and there's no structure to it. It's but listen, not designed. Those wheels are not designed for that relationship. Well, is that
1: why? I'm, you live in Hollywood. Sure. You tell me. Is that why these Hollywood relationships always like become huge and Some, then go away?
0: Sometimes they do. Sometimes they work. Sometimes I live in Montana. Compatible. I don't know. Here's my thing. This Alex Rodriguez guy that she's with, super athlete, smashes it, Obviously, it seems to be working. They've been together for a long time. How right? long have they
1: been together, though?
0: Months.
2: <laughs> <laughs> weeks. They've been together for six weeks, Joe. When she, when
0: she was with that little dude, uh, the singer.
2: She got mad. He was at the UFC that one time, remember? Oh, that's right. That's, I, that's, that's the right. Day, the end
0: of the yeah, day. she left. No, Could, that was, which one was that? That dancer. was the dancer. The dancer
1: that was the dancer.
0: Can I take? Can we yeah. take a,
1: a quick... This is a like a kind of a PSA public service okay. announcement. Can we take a hard left to Jennifer at Lopez and get ourselves over to Kanye West real quick?
0: Yeah, we can. But look at that, Alex Rodriguez. Okay, take a look at that man. Super athlete. Probably got a dick like a goddamn baseball bat. Right? Anybody that him. has that many look at buttons, his
1: hands. Look at those top
2: buttons coming down. The
0: size of his fist. The size of that guy's paw.
2: He's had two plus two hundred million dollar contract. Yes. So he's, he's so doing... he's got
0: four hundred million dollars and a giant
2: heart. But that that
0: <laughs> and he's a super athlete. Of course it's gonna work. He's uh, gonna smash. He's gonna talk. keep it together. Let's
1: talk about hunting.
0: He knows that guy knows how to keep it together, right? That guy knows. He knows of how to he play does know. when the ball's coming his way, he smashes that fucking thing.
1: Right? You gotta think Jennifer Lopez is not tolerating any losers in her life at this point. That's She's all that's left. She's had a few. But that's she all that's left. around.
0: Look at that guy. Yeah.
1: There you go. Super athlete. Big, giant,
0: handsome. I'm a big
1: sports fan. I Ooh. came up when he was just he was it was a god, a baseball yeah. god. They seem to get along together. See, that
0: makes sense to me. Just like it made sense when Val Kilmer was Batman. That yeah. made sense to me. But when yeah. Ben Affleck was Ben Affleck, I don't know how his relationship was with her. I don't know. Maybe it was great. It seemed like it was a tumultuous, but I'm, not, I, I'm just observing. What the fuck it. do I know? Nobody knows. Right? Yeah. But there's like some people where you, you need to like have an online vote. Should this person be Batman?
1: <laughs> that,
0: and the, the people will tell you.
1: They'll they would go, not have voted. I do not believe they would have voted for Ben right. Affleck.
0: Right. I do not believe. Here's that. the problem. Like The Rock, too big for Batman. Here's why. Because everybody would be like, Oh, it's you, the rock. You're wearing a fucking bad suit. Is that the Not rock? Everybody's six, nine. <laughs> they would they could can do that in the movie six. though.
1: They could make it funny and be like, Yeah.
0: Are you? In the movie they could make it funny. But like, yeah. Right. Are, is this the rock? Are like, you the rock? He could never be Superman. No. He takes his fucking glasses off. You're like, you're still no. a giant dude. Well the last time <laughs> 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 That shit doesn't work.
1: But that's how it works. You have to no. be a
0: regular sized person. But that's how it works.
1: No. The last guy that was a superman was an was an unknown, Henry uh Superman, they ran out. They ran out of the well. The well's dry. Yeah.
0: It's like if they try to make another Hulk, people are going to go, "Enough! You've had eight Hulks."
1: They're going to keep making them, dude. They're going to make a hundred more Star Wars in the next five years, and you're going to have to sit through like Han Solo, the pre pre prequel. Oh, the, how can they do that?
0: That doesn't make any sense because Harrison Ford was Han Solo when Han Solo was young. Well, like, yeah, but you can't just do that. They just came out with a Han I think they Solo
2: movie. To reel back on that because that last one didn't it was do. a flop, so hot. Yeah, didn't yeah. to ask
0: me just ask they need me. to ask Joe I'm here for you George Lucas George Lucas is right oh, no. now bathing in money he's just lying <laughs> back in a, a warm wet money he bathroom. just forgot to uh, listen to the podcast he just uh, it, he just gets touched all
2: day He's gonna be a superhero him. what? he's oh. gonna be coming out or start shooting what is that? next year what is Black Adam it's Black Adam DC...
0: oh they're making up they ran out of superheroes <laughs> is that they Superman in the background
1: out. that's Superman in yeah, the it's background It's in the DC it's uh, in the DC uh, universe yeah. so there he is look there uh, he is right in the background
2: superheroes I mean,
0: he looks good. Yeah, but as long as they don't try to make him Superman. Is he a bad guy?
2: Jamie, is he a bad guy or a good guy? Honestly, I've never heard of this character, so I have no idea where he fits in that world.
0: I remember when Netflix came out with Luke Cage. I was like, wow, that's an obscure one. That was a good one, one. though, but the Black Panther was good. Yeah, the Black Panther was good, too. It's a great movie. Yeah, it's amazing it took so long to make a Black Panther movie. Racist. (laughs) Took so long, and it was a giant smash hit. There you go, white people. Get it together. No (laughs) comment. (laughs) Ben O'Brien in the conservative world has to be careful. This podcast could sink his ship. I'm
1: pro-nuance. Yeah.
0: How'd you come up with the shirt? Pro-nuance I don't type know.
1: bullshit? Listen, I think the way that I came up with it is because in the, in the hunting world, there is this, speaking of conservative, there's this like, there's the conservative traditionalist, right? Yeah. And there's the more progressive folks that you have met and been around. You've been around both, but been around both that are more environmentalists, more public lands, more access, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so there's kind of like two – of course, there's always two sides in politics, but there's, in this case, two distinct sides, right? And the line kind of gets drawn around, one, a little bit around guns, but also a little bit around the environment. So
3: yeah.
1: part of the biggest issue in, in politics for a hunter or angler right now is, like, I really like guns. I like the Second Amendment. I dig what's going on there. I'd like to support that. But what I also like is healthy ecosystems and environment, and I, and I like habitat for wild game to live and public lands and access. Well, it just so happens that a lot of the a plus rated politicians for the NRA are like f minus or d plus rated in protecting wildlife and wild lands mm. and a lot of that's around extraction and, and different things like that but
0: extraction of minerals and oil and natural resources from valuable from those lands, lands right, right. so then change the the way these lands are scheduled like yeah.
1: what, what it's under yeah I mean there was a lot of yeah, those are around monuments, of course that was mm-hmm. one big one but it's, it's it's just around like the general basis of even as a hunter, but all Americans, but as a hunter, I'm faced with like, I love wildlife. I love wild places, clean water, clean lands. I'm all for that. That's a huge part of what I believe in. But I also believe in the second amendment. I believe in my right to defend my family. I believe in my right to, to own firearms and to, and to do that. So I believe in those two things, but because our politics are the way they are, it doesn't leave room for those two beliefs when I'm at at the voting booth sometimes. Well, the, the, not all the time. It, not,
0: it sure. hardly leaves room for those beliefs in normal conversations with people unless you absolutely know that the person's going to be objective and, yeah. as your shirt says, pro-nuance. This The the idea that you you shouldn't be able to defend your family is where it gets crazy. Yeah. It doesn't get crazy that you want to be able to defend your family. Like, Why do these movies all have robberies and break-ins and bad guys. Well, but why? Did you, those are real things. Yeah. These are real things. Yeah. So the idea that you should just be a sitting duck because there's so many crazy fucks out there that want to shoot up schools and, and yeah. go on mass shootings that somehow yeah. or another you're being conflated with them, that you're being uh, confused with them or categorized with them. Like, how how is that? That These are different things. They are different They just both things. involve guns.
1: They are different They're,
0: things. It's like... The insult that dr- drove all of those people in Toronto. Remember that. Yep. W- you know what if that keeps happening? That's happened many times. You've seen people kill people with cars over the last few years. It's been like four or five yeah, big mean, events.
1: Are they mutually exclusive? Like I want to be able to defend my family and own firearms and have that freedom. That's a big part of this country. But I also don't want people to die exactly in mass shootings. I don't want that. I want. Of course. On the, on the other side of the coin, with when you when it comes to, like environmental issues and around hunting public lands and things of that nature. I want coal miners to have jobs. I want people that work in the extraction industries to have an opportunity to work and live and and do what they need to do. But I also want to protect our ecosystems at all costs because you can't replace that shit.
0: Right. And there's got to be other jobs out there if the government put its resources instead to propping up old – Ways of doing business yeah. that pollute the environment versus new ways of doing but business there like are, with there subsidies are, and with yeah. with government programs. There's, it's entirely possible.
1: Yeah, there are certainly reasonable and and healthy ways to mine copper or, or the, there are is ways. There? To I do don't it. know. There is. I yeah. mean, there's responsible ways to do that, but at what you know, like at what cost? You're still you're still extracting. Right. Like you're still you're um, doing something. Doing. You're still changing the natural environment there
0: yeah someone was trying to make that that argument with fracking with me I was talking to him about that is it josh fox's documentary um what is uh he he was on the podcast the um something uh, fracking nation what was his uh he made a it was a very good documentary and it was he when i got had him on the podcast it was interesting because he seemed like he had been attacked a lot for it and even misunderstood like some of the questions I was asking like yeah. maybe they were coming from me and I was saying no this is just like what is it called? Fracking Gasland. Nation? What is it?
2: Gasland. Gasland. That's it.
0: Oh, yeah. I've seen. Okay. Yeah. It's, we'll um, it's disturbing. Like, yeah. you're, you're watching some aspects of it, like when they were lighting, lighting their water on fire, and then someone tried to say, oh, you, there's some places where you've always been able to light your water on fire. <laughs> and I was like, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> okay. Can that's just a long American tradition of lighting yeah, your water yeah, on like fire. This was a real argument that someone said, like that's not oh, really from boy. fracking. And I said, okay, these people said that there was no lighting the water on fire then people started fracking the water smell like shit they started lighting it on fire though you're saying those are not connected
1: (laughs) (laughs) over the years joe we've been able to light our water on fire for for a number of reasons but
0: fourth of july i would think to be confident about that and i'm not confident about it but to be confident about what that guy said to me when he was saying that it's always been like that you would have to have done massive research you would have to have spent time there you would have to been working either directly or indirectly with the scientists that are collecting the data you'd have to get it from them you'd have to know you'd have to see it you'd have to know for sure of course you would or you have to be a person who is not interested in the actual truth they just have an idea that they want to push through and this is a weird thing with certain right-wing folks there's a weird thing they want to push through that business is good and environmentalists are all pussies and hippies and weirdos and losers. And these things don't jive in the world of someone who actually loves and appreciates the actual earth. Of
1: course, man. But it's because weird. But there is no way that anyone could argue, right? There's, there's, in the hunting world, there's of like access and, and public land and all these things become a big deal. But there, you can define access in a ton of different ways. Yeah. To me, access – well, to me, access could be – I like wilderness where the only way you can access it is on foot via a trailhead. Someone else might say access to me is uh, elderly folks or disabled folks be able to get on into a car and drive through a road in public land or, or get into an ATV and drive. And so politics are – being what they are, politicians take this term of access – it happened around national monuments they take one side said the president is stealing your land Mm. and the other side says the president is giving back your land somebody there either both sides are full of shit or one of them is
0: i remember when this came up patagonia which is a giant company in the outdoors had a big ad on the internet that said the president just stole stole your your land. land And then I heard Ronella talk about it, and he said, this is, I th- I'm going to paraphrase, but he basically said, if you say that the president stole your land, you're not being careful with your words. Yes. And you're not being accurate.
1: You're being inflammatory. Yes. You're being absolutely inflammatory. Yeah. Because it's not, again, that, that, you're, we're talking about Grand Staircase-Escalante and Bears Ears National Monument. Bears Ears being, in Utah, being...
0: Explain to people what happened.
1: Oh, boy. If you will. Um, I'll do my best, do, Joe. Thank you. thank you, Ben. So, so... The Antiquities Act. Let's go back to the Antiquities Act. It's, right. it's to protect... The Antiquities Act is to protect um, culturally or socially, but mostly culturally significant pieces of, of land, it, all the way to things like the Grand Canyon, right? And so, spin it up to the end of... There's a lot that I just skipped over, but I'm going to spin it up to the end of the Obama administration. President Obama used... His executive power to protect large swaths, millions of acres around uh, about around Bears Ears National Monument, to protect not only the the significant places for Native Americans and for um, Native tribesmen around Bears Ears, but many millions of acres around that. And so, then it becomes the problem I have in the why that kind of that T-shirt exists. It becomes a political football throw back and forth. It's not at this point in time, what's best for Bears Ears, what's best for that national monument, what's best for, for it to be federally owned, what's best for the people, the jobs, the place. It becomes what's best for each side and their rhetoric. And so, President Trump asked Secretary, former Secretary of Interior, Ryan Zinke, to review, I think it was like 10 monuments, to see if they should be reduced based on the protections that Obama had put, put into place. So he reviews these ten monuments. He cuts out eight of them and hones in on two places: Bears Ears and Grand Staircase Escalante. They then say we're going to reduce the size of these monuments.
0: When you say cuts out eight of them, what do you mean by cuts out? They review the other eight
1: and say they're fine. They're good to go. No changes necessary. Some would say they did that as a as a straw man, as eight straw men to knock them over and look at those other two. They said we will reduce. The, the, the area that is de- designated as a national monument, and here again, it comes to both sides, they would say, because President Obama wielded his, his powers corruptly to protect, to be as an environmentalist, to protect lands that didn't need protected under the Antiquities Act, because the Antiquities Act does say it should be the smallest acreage possible to protect. So now you get into stuff that I'm not an expert in around you know, legal jargon and going back to things that were written in the 1930s but we get to a point where one side's saying here is the republicans trying to shrink down these monuments so that they can then go uh, the companies that are can then go and lease these places for mining but they can't currently do under their protections as a national monument the other side is saying we're trying to protect culturally significant lands, and these millions of acres need protected. They need protected for lots of reasons. So you end up with those two sides talking.
0: Now, it's easy to sort of make a hype, hyperbolic, hyperbolic.
1: Hyperbolic.
0: I always want to say that wrong.
1: It's got that backwoods.
0: Hyperbolic uh, argument, one way or the other, right? Yeah. I mean, you could kind of yes. exaggerate your position one way or the other. And it's being done that way. Yeah. It's been done that way. Are they drilling there now or doing was, something?
1: Let, let's look that up. But there's some leases that were, that were approved for, for Bears Ears, I know for sure.
0: See, that's one of the things where people talk about the president doesn't have any real power. There's Congress and there's Senate and like, yeah, not really. They have some fucking real power. There's checks and balances,
1: but there's yeah. executive orders that can come down. Yeah. But yeah, real power. Th- Listen, I'm not the expert on this. I'm, I'm sure I fumbled through some of the details on that, but but to me the bottom line is something like that. Why I like to to, to live in the center is because something like that becomes it becomes a thing that it becomes a PR hit. Yeah, it becomes a, a thing that people are throwing back. They're throwing bears ears back and forth because at the end of Obama's administration he made the designation and they re, they repealed it or reversed it a year later. Right. Or some amount
0: of time around a year later. So it was only the way it was for a year. Yeah. And
1: everybody's making
0: it look and like so, the government stole your land. They yeah. just brought it back to exactly where it was before. But they did open up the possibility, which is why Obama did it in the first place. Yes. They opened up the possibility for drilling and natural they did.
1: resource extraction. They did. And that's they did. what
0: scares the shit out of people. Yeah, you know, so
1: like there's there's just two – there, in these situations, there always seems to be spin on both sides – And being a part of these debates on a daily basis and being a part of this – like bringing in this information on a daily basis, it's tiresome. Yeah. You get tired. You get tired of being uh, pandered to by people. Mm -hmm. You get tired of having to hear that this value system is right or this value system is right and there's no room to be anywhere close to the center around this stuff. So you just get – it's tiresome.
0: You know, public lands are the only place where I look at it and say, no, you got to leave that to the government you got to leave it to the federal government. Don't, yeah. don't leave it to the states. It's yes. the only place. I mean, yeah. when, I, when I think about all the different things, like, with, like, legalization of marijuana, now they're going to legalize psilocybin, apparently, in Oregon. They're talking about doing that. Really? I'm like, yeah, leave it to the states. They should be able to vote yeah. that in. They should be able to vote in, like, all the crazy laws you have in weird states, and some states have state taxes, some states don't. It's all good. That's yeah. all good. But when it comes to, like, federal land, the problem is if these states get into debt, and this is what people need to understand... They can sell it off yeah so if the if Utah is in debt let's just I'm just not picking on Utah but if they just for some reason they wind up in debt which states do all the time and then they sell off a giant chunk of yeah. land to some oil company now you can't camp there anymore you can't and by the way, that's your fucking land, land. and not you just, pay taxes not on that just land. Utah that's your land you live in Arizona, you live in Florida that's mm-hmm. your land you live in Massachusetts it's yours. The land in Utah is the whole fucking all of us. The collected human race living on North America. Listen
1: to this. Listen to this shit. It, it, this is like, there's a guy named Senator Mike Lee out of the great state of Utah, which you rightly put that a lot of these things uh, revolve around Utah for some reason. Do you know They, why? they have a lot of, the, the percentage of it, it's like something in the 70% of their acreage is, is controlled by the federal government. That's why.
0: Plus Mormons. <laughs>
1: Let me. I'll take the first point. You take the second okay, point. Go ahead. That so Senator Mike Lee comes out and says, "Right, this is like the perfect, the perfect way to spin this type of thing." He starts. He calls back to, and Senator Orrin Hatch from Utah has also done this. Call back to like the Sagebrush Rebellion and things like that. Calling back, this it's saying that wilderness is akin to the European aristocracy because only a certain few can go there because you have to have two working legs that can get you up into wilderness. Part of the basis of a speech he gave and is given it several times is that public land and wilderness specifically, is, is akin to the, the European aristocracy because only certain folks can go there. If you would open up access, cut roads through it, then it would be for everyone. So then it gets back to the, like, mm. the semantics and the spin yeah. and the things that politicians push forward to try to convince you.
0: Well, and they're
1: still for you. He's right
0: in a certain way. What he's right in is that if you put roads through, anybody could go through anytime they wanted, on a car, if they had no legs, if yeah. they can barely walk, if they are in a wheelchair normally, but they can drive a car, yeah, they can go in deep into the woods, and they can enjoy all all of the wilderness that they really cast off. That is true. That's true. However, it's not like there's a lot of places that they can't also go to. <laughs> They can go a lot of places where they can do that. You can go to Yellowstone. Yellowstone's yes. damn gorgeous. You just drive through that and you see all the trees and the animals.
1: And Yellowstone is a wonderful proxy for going outside. Yeah, it's it an is. introduction to what it is without right. really being in it.
0: Yeah, it's like a zoo that's free range. Yeah, is exactly what it is. it is.
1: I live right. I live an hour from there, yeah. and I've taken my family there, and it, it just feels like I used to feel like, oh man, this is an illicit place. As somebody who's gone into the wilderness and and tackle these big challenges and, and hiked around in crazy places this yellowstone is like nah, it makes me feel uncomfortable then i somebody said to me i feel like it was this guy named cody rich who has a podcast called the rich outdoors he said to me it's like it's like it's an ambassador for real wilderness mm. it's like a way to present to people that this thing exists without them having to actually strap on a pack get some tracking poles and hike miles up into the, into the wilderness
0: this is part of the problem <clears throat> whenever you're talking about the wilderness, is so few people go to it. Yeah. It's like if we were talking about the surface of Mars with the people that create the <laughs> rover. Well, you know how the surface of Mars is. It gums up the wheels. Oh, it's and like, red.
1: It's definitely <sighs> red. Just... How many
0: people are going to Mars? How many people are really going to the wilderness?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's Not that many. There's
0: more people going to the wilderness than Mars. But I, I've that. always <laughs> said like
1: the, the, the public lands movement, and, and I am definitely part of it, um, I feel like I could probably represent the monuments things better, but like I, I'm definitely part of it. It it's it's scary in a little in a lot of ways because people can say like keep it public, man, keep it public. That's just like apple pie and bald eagles and freedom. It's an idea that we all pay into a thing, we all own, and anybody right can go there. Right, it's super easy to get on that train. Mm-hmm. It is real easy to get on that train and lose your critical thought around what what is the idea of wilderness. I mean, because when I think of my hunting now, like we first went hunting like five or six years ago, you would ask me this question. I would have given you a whole different answer. What would you have said then? I, I don't know what I would have said then, but not this answer. I might have said like...
0: Well, you're a fairly youngish man. I'm only... You're you growing. Know, I'm what growing. You, 31? 33. Oh, you beautiful person. Uh, Look at you. I, lo- I love you too. Perfect complexion. Look at you. S- all your cells are firing correctly. <laughs> no liver spots yet.
1: This whiskey's really good, good stuff.
0: I'm Irish. Um...
1: So what do you think you would have called it then? So what I probably would have said, like when we first went hunting in, in BC together for moose, what I probably would have said would have been around, it would have been less value-based and more like I do it because my dad did it. I do it because it connects me to, to my dad, like my dad, my family, my people. I do it because humanity did it. We, talk, we filmed a video, I remember, yeah. sitting on a thing. We talked a lot about our humanity, right? Like mm-hmm. the drawing back through the history of time – When the hunter was exalted in a tribe of people. Well, it was
0: the only way to get meat. It
1: was the only way to get meat. So your skills that you acquired as a hunter made you important to the culture, the society, the everyday life. I would have probably called back to that. Not that I would say that's wrong now. But what I've come to find out over some other years of, of hunting in a lot of places is that I think my hunting is more about healthy ecosystems now than it is about anything else. I think all of my efforts should be around clean water, clean air, places that we can go and explore and what that brings to our world. That brings more wildlife. That brings places for my son to go and experience these things. And so I've changed over this very short time and the way that I do it.
0: Well – The more you experience the wilderness and then go back to the city and then go back to the wilderness, the more you realize how special it is out there. And the more you you realize when, like today, um, I went uh, flying in a helicopter over L.A. with my good friend Bill Burr. And uh, as he was taking me up, I was looking at all this development. We were talking about all these apartment complexes yeah. that are they're being developed. And he's like, yeah. He goes, you really see it when you're up here in the air because you see where there was nothing. And then like a couple weeks later, it'll be <laughs> flattened out. Yeah. And then a couple weeks later, they start construction. And you realize, like, oh, this is how it spreads. And that this is just something that people do. And if you don't put a, st- put a line, you don't draw a line. We're going to keep going. We're going to make our way across the country. And I've heard that argument from people that don't go to the wilderness. Like, look how much of the United... We don't overpopulated. Look how much of the United States has no one living in it. Fly over and look down at all the places that don't have cities and don't have roads and don't have houses. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. For now. Do you <laughs> know now. that none of this shit was here 200 years ago? That's thing. Well, we plowed, we plowed
1: ground to plant yeah. the corn so you could have the things you have. Well,
0: fly over There's in 1819. No- yeah, you know, fly over a hundred, two hundred years ago, bitch. There was nothing here. Yeah, there was
1: zero. Fly around with Wilbur Wright. Yeah, and Orville. Come on, Let's man. see what you saw. But, but yeah, you could
0: get just go three hundred years. You have nothing. You yeah. have zero things. Yeah.
1: Well, that's. I think there's some there's some perspective, and I think Honey has a lot going for it around the fact that as urbanization happens, you know, as jobs. Even for me, like as jobs become more prevalent in urban places, and people have to travel from wherever they're growing up to to these urban places and live so removed from wilderness, so removed yeah. from sustainability, um, I think for a long time, because hunting peaked in 1982, there was like 17.5 million hunters around that year.
0: Um, Is that because of Ronald Reagan?
1: Yeah, so he was president. <laughs> It was, it was. Reagan all was rigged. president eighty two, wasn't he? I, listen, I'm. I, I wasn't even alive, so let's not let's not get into that <laughs> shit. Dude. I don't know. Um, but like post World War two, there right. was a rise in, in the modern hunter, modern sport hunter, however you would describe right. it. There's there's this rise in nineteen eighty two, and then a precipitous fall right from there until twenty sixteen. There's around eleven million hunters in this country. It's it's this, a big drop. It's a big drop. And and I, I will always say that like the three things that I think happened or urbanization, so people are getting removed from, they're getting moved away from having hunting in their lives on a daily basis. Not that they're anti-hunting in any way. They're just getting removed from from that thing, mm-hmm. getting your meat on your own. They're removed from that. And a lot of times you're removed from like gardening and other types of sure. sustainable use things. The other thing is Disney. Like Walt Disney's a nice man, but Bambi was not a good thing for our or a collective psyche around hunting—not
0: just Bambi, but essentially all cartoons involving animals. The animals were your friends. Yes, even predators. Yes. Like
1: Yogi was your friend. He was your friend. He wore
0: a tie. He, had a, he was, was a, a bear attack. A so um,
1: gentleman. He had a hat on. Yeah, he had a picnic basket. He
0: wanted your picnic Jamie basket. Jamie, look up. There was a guy. Take
1: it. There was a dude um, recently who was caught poaching in Missouri, and the judge said that he had to um, watch Bambi once a month during his entire sentence. See if you can find that. That is real.
0: That judge just needs a reality show. He's like, I know what to do,
1: honey. I I know what to do. do. We'll We'll make him watch Bambi. He poached a deer. This is a guy who like the whole. uh, There was like a whole family guys who were in like a poaching ring or something. I read this on the way over here.
0: Um, Here it is: Deer poacher sentenced to watch Bambi every month during a
1: year in Missouri jail. Yeah, this might be a judge that's like looking for a little. Found illegally
0: killed hundreds of deer. Sometimes taking only their heads and leaving the rest to rotten fields. Keep, eh, how about you keep that guy in jail for more than a year? <laughs> there fuck, he is. Look at him, David
1: Barry Jr. Look at him. Fucking dork has been
0: ordered He's, to watch. One thing, man. If that guy was killing him because he was poor and he was just eating deer and that's how he made his, you know, that's how he he got food. But that's not the case here. I don't care. He that chopped the heads him. off
1: and just fuck took the heads. Fuck
0: that guy. Just fuck. Fuck anybody who does that anyway. Fuck yeah. anybody who just wants to shoot something as damn delicious and massive as a deer. A deer could feed a family for months. Do you of understand it could. that? Of course it could. You understand that, but I mean, the people listening. Or this asshole. Do you understand that? This asshole uh, who yeah. shot this fucking thing? Hunter deer? Cut his head off, you piece of shit. Yeah, f-
1: fuck I've, I'm, poacher. I
0: fucking look forward to eating deer, and you shot it, and you... Yeah. Anyway, Just back... <laughs> back, guy. Like,
1: Walt Disney, I think, like, that kind of treatment of animals has, has been something that's hurt hunting. And the third one is hunters have hurt themselves. Like that guy like maybe that's a poacher not that a That guy's way worse. That's a poacher, not okay. a hunter though. But he's a guy who's hunting illegally. That's yes. what
0: poaching is. He's a hunter.
1: Yeah. But like he's camping camping illegally is trespassing. Not it's not the same thing. Yeah, but you're camping. You're yeah. trespassing
0: and camping. You're All still right. camping. All right. Maybe. Listen, he's I know you don't want to call him a hunter like, you know, like someone who who goes on stage at a company picnic is not a comedian. Yes. It's yes. the same thing. I get it. He's a yeah, hunter I mean, though. He's, he's, still he's still killing shit. animals, yeah. He's killed yeah. more than me.
1: That's a hundred.
0: Yeah, I'm a hunter, and he's killed more he's than me. So he's a hunter. Hunter.
1: That's true. He's a piece of shit. He is. But uh, that's
0: but. just like everything else, man. There's people that are good Uber drivers, and there's some that'll try to pull you under a bridge <laughs> and fuck your mouth. Look, this it's bad people well, out was, there. That's a
1: good point to bring up. Like, is there is there a time? Like, I always bring up with hunting. It's it's like, oh, somebody killed a giraffe, or somebody, yeah, a guy killed a family of baboons and made a, and did a photo. I saw that. Do you see that? <sighs> not good, not good.
0: but's that's a fucking primate, bro.
1: Yeah, I like, mean, there's like, nothing good about that. The idea it's never going to go well online. for you. it's never going to go well for you. Yeah, did he put it online? No, he didn't put it online. To his, I guess, the, the, the credit that we give the guy
0: who put it online. Uh,
1: the Idaho Statesman or whatever the Idaho local paper they was. Get the
0: pictures? I don't know.
1: Probably from one of the folks. He sent an e- a mass email out to some friends and colleagues and things of like recapping his oh. recapping his hunt in Africa. Like here's all the things I did. And he, I think, and from my reading on the guy, the guy, um, and I got a lot of mutual friends with him. Say he's a good guy, like he just screwed up, <laughs> like made it, made a bad choice. That's here. a tough sell. I would say so too. Yeah, but I should put him in a cell and make he, him watch some monkey movies. Yeah, I think he knew. Like if I put this, if I put this on. <laughs> <laughs> you watch That's going to spin up after every this. Is that, yeah. for a year? <laughs> <laughs> Planet of the Apes, you got to watch look, the Mark look. Wahlberg Planet of the Apes. The reality of baboons,
0: and I've um, I've studied the work of Robert Sapolsky, yeah. who's a guy who's been on the podcast before, and it's, it's really pretty amazing stuff. What they found out about baboons that he studied, actually, because he actually studied a baboon tribe that the um, alpha males died off. They were all eating out of a poisoned garbage patch. Uh, there was a garbage patch that had sick food in it, and um, uh, just bad food, and the alpha males who got to eat first uh, always chased everybody off. They wound up dying off, and yeah. for more than... One generation, I think it was several generations, they became like really peaceful and calm and they weren't the vicious, violent baboons that are the norm. Yeah. And that it's, it's really, if you Google it, uh, Sapolsky studies baboons and, I, and Radiolab also had a podcast about it, which is where I first heard about it. And then I, I read what Sapolsky wrote about it. But it is unbelievably fascinating. It shows how you can have this insane, violent animal culture and then the, the cunts get removed. <laughs> and, and when the cunts get removed, everybody chills the fuck out. Yeah. It's really, really quite fascinating. Yeah. But um, baboons, for the most part, I mean, maybe he shot the nicest baboons ever. But for the most part, they're a bunch of baby-eating cunts. And they'll Whoa. steal your fucking kid. That uh, little two-year-old that you love so dearly, that little uh, motherfucker would be on a, a, a porch somewhere. And if there's baboons around, they'll snatch him and eat his head. Well, that's
1: like when I was in Africa, I hunted Africa one time in my life. And the, our PH and our guide both said, and a "Our PH tracker, is a professional, professional hunter, right? Hunter, so the structure sure. is like there's a professional hunter, which is essentially your guide, and then there's trackers, which are usually native folks that that help tracking the game, spotting the animals, things like that." But our, our PH, he was like, "If you see a baboon, shoot it." He's like, "We have we have lots of irrigation here to maintain this ranch, and they rip it up, and they're you know basically terrorists around you know coming around our camp, messing with our fires, messing with our food." If like, you see one, shoot one. And that was the instruction that I got. And I never never did, but, you know, given that instruction from somebody like that, like, hey, this is a good thing for our landscape. Go and do it. Now, that's very far removed from stacking them up. Yeah. Like stacking very them Very far. And, and with a big smile on your face holding a bow. Isn't it? it just ba- didn't he shoot a baby there's some babies like a whole family dude how Ooh, you can't they don't stay in you one place either you if i would have came down. to you and i said like listen joe here's my plan what i'm gonna do is go to africa and hunt yeah. and then you know like i'm gonna shoot some baboons i mean it's a good thing for don't, this i'd be like don't tell anybody yeah you'd be like don't don't take certainly don't take a photo of you posing with an entire family of yeah. deceased primates
0: I had a friend who was in Africa and he got attacked by a baboon. Boom baboon tried to steal his food. Yeah. I forget what the context of it was. It was uh it was quite a few years ago. But he said it was spooky. He said they don't seem like a, a monkey and they don't seem like they seem like a dog monkey. Like it's like, <laughs> like, spooky, a, dog, like yeah. a wild you ever yeah. see when they open their mouth? Yes. Yeah. It's like a dog mouth. <laughs>
3: Like a dog. Right? Mouth. They're yeah, like dog part,
0: monkey. It's like a dog fucked a monkey. Like, if you really, like, show a baboon. You see a baboon with its mouth open. Never thought of it that way, but I'll give it to you. But they have a long, stretched out mouth like a wolf or something. Yeah. It's not, it's like a werewolf. Yeah. It's not like a regular person. They're, they're real weird, man. They, they, they have all these characteristics that are of primates, but then they have this extra weirdness to them and
1: there's, yeah and there's wildness to them too but yeah. I, doesn't that come down to like the core of look some of these oh my god I bitch.
0: mean come on look at that that's like a werewolf
1: yeah that is a werewolf that's like part
0: look at that face that lion look and at those canines It's like
1: roll yeah. back
0: but look at the, the even the shape of the jaw it's very dog-like yeah. it's very elongated and, and, and dog-like they're very it's a very strange animal look at that face man that wow. is a crazy beast and my friend said uh i forget the story it was quite a long <laughs> time ago i right stole some food and snarled at him and, and snatched something from him <clears throat> but he said it was very scary he said and you know it wasn't even that big was it like 60 70 pounds yeah. or something like that he said but it's bit, depending they'll fuck you up they're not of course they will you know it's, it's different if you're
1: living around them it's, it's just these things are different like we we were talking about around the old Mediator Incorporated offices the other day. Around how do you, how do we as hunters who who are around these animals all the time and shit, how do we when something happens, somebody gets mad about this guy killing all these these baboons? What do we say <laughs> when there's a hunting scandal? Yeah, let that one go. Son. Do I say? Of course, I let it go. Well, no, most people don't even know about it. Yeah, it, it hit but the that hunting went, world. But that one was on like NBC, was CNN. Yeah. This was this one went pretty big. And there's there's invariably these things happen where how come that didn't go as big as cecil stop and think about that because to me it's more
0: it's more kind of fucked up it's
1: more egregious than the cecil thing was an it's a normal thing but i think i just think we're desensitized to it right cecil came at a time where there was more sensitivity to it and it just hit a news cycle like trump the trump news cycle probably dominates any other any other thing that happens in the news, but like, here's what so my take on this
0: well the reason why I say that cecil's normal I don't think that it's good I don't think you should just go over there and shoot lions, but people have been doing it forever yeah like if you ask me how many people go over there to hunt baboons I'd be like, do they really is that like a normal thing like does it doesn't seem normal right like well, even though I, I don't I mean I've had this conversation many times on this podcast I don't think you should shoot things that you don't eat. Unless there's a need in terms of, like, some sort of an imbalance. Like, just as a joke, imagine if eagles were like rats. Yeah. They were everywhere. There's a reason why you could just kill rats. It's because you have to. Yes. Okay, this is what overpopulation looks like. You, you put a trap in your fucking garage and you smash the head of this living creature and you're happy.
1: Almost all things are categorized as rodents
0: you yes. would do that too. Well, not true. Really, right? Like squirrels are cute. They're adorable.
1: Yeah, but if there was, they just don't get in your house. But, but if they were, get get, if there house, was, yeah, half a dozen squirrels in your garage, and you could set traps and get them out of there, you would. But it's a different thing. Like you'd feel bad if you stomped
0: one. Probably, I wouldn't. You'd stomp a rat. Like people, st- you saw a rat in your kid's room, you'd
1: fucking stomp that thing to death. Well, I mean, <laughs> you'd think twice,
0: right? If you saw a squirrel in your kid's room, so you'd try why do we put, why don't we we put
1: those types of? value why do we apply those value systems to animals like that
0: what because is- they're overpopulated and because traditionally they've been carriers of plague yeah well the the real the real story about the black plague is not just that the rats were carrying it, but in fact that the ticks and the uh, f- was it ticks or fleas that were on the rats were carrying the black plague i I want to say it's fleas could be and that this is how the bubonic plague got spread it got spread actually in fact through the ticks that were carried by the rats is that what it is fleas fleas um thank you jamie with google search the uh the difference is that squirrels are not overpopulated and that raptors are killing them off like left and right it's a a primary source of food for a lot of these flying raptors yeah eagles and hawks and stuff like that I'm sure a lot of other things eat them too, but there's enough balance out there. But rats, rats lock into us. I mean, they lived without us for a long time, but once they found us, they're like, oh, look at this shit. <laughs> These dumb motherfuckers have holes in their ground. You can live under their houses. You just They put garbage out every day. Yeah. You just go jack their garbage. You got plenty of food. This is but great.
1: But we, we treat all types of animals very differently, right? Yeah. And And we apply our own specific feelings about these animals to them like the bear with a name doesn't know that it has a name right the wolf with a name doesn't know it has a name it, it it's not aware that we've applied this special meaning to it it doesn't know that right it's still it our our application of our feelings and our like engendering this that ch- doesn't change the nature of the wolf or the bear it will rip your face off it will kill as many elk as it can well, there's like, a
0: real problem in depicting them. The anthropomorphization of animals depicts them as your friends, and that's a hard thing to shake. Yeah. There's not that they're bad. And this is where the real problem with someone going around shooting baboons and posing like he did a great thing is. It's, it's not that these animals are bad. They should be respected and understood yes. and appreciated. Now, if you are a part of a baboon cleanup crew, like if you're yeah. – like I was listening to uh, Ronella's podcast today – and they were talking about kangaroos in Australia. Yeah, and that there was a guy on the show that had killed somewhere near what is it, like seven
1: thousand, many thousands, yeah, thousands. Like his dad's, there was a what was it? Like there was a flood. I'll probably mess this up. There was some sort of weather event that pushed all these kangaroos onto his dad's ranch, and his yes. dad was going out every day and just whacking at nauseum
0: thousands of kangaroos. And that they have to do this because they don't have any natural predators, and they they'll just devastate landscapes. And we've yeah. played videos. Let's see if we can find one real quick. Well, after we play, we get kicked off of YouTube. Probably right. There's a video of like a swarm oh, of yeah. kangaroos in Australia. Dude, I have no, I had no idea. Yeah, we were reading about it about the know. overpopulation. I had no idea.
1: Yeah, it's it's like
0: hundred pound locust.
1: Yeah, that's what it's like. I was reading. I can't remember the guy's name, but I was reading this paper Pull it up just fr- so I can see it. <laughs> I was reading. Don't put it up on the YouTube.
0: I don't want the the kids to get mad. Oh, there it is. This is nothing. This ain't this ain't shit. In comparison. This is, pr- this is pretty crazy. Yeah, these are all kangaroos. This is pretty crazy, but we were watching one when there was a swarm running across a field. Like, look at that, bro. That's rats. Come on, man. If you saw that many rats in a field, you would go, I am going to go get my gun, and I'm going to kill these fucking rats. Right? You wouldn't tolerate that, but these well, are cute. Like,
1: is our, like, the endangered species has come into play here in a weird way, because is our caring for animals dictated by the number of the animal that there is? It isn't, and it is.
0: See, it's not for us, right? We're over here in the, the valley of Southern California. Very nice. Sipping rye brains. Have a good old time. <sighs> me, buddy, Ben O'Brien, young Jamie. Have a we're wonderful, it's air conditioned, it's, it's Very fantastic. Nice. Very nice, We live a good life here.
1: If you're in Australia, you're killing those fucking Oh, things. let me tell you, like, when I went, Remy Warren, our mutual friend, first took me to New Zealand. He took me to a sheep station, a giant, this is basically a ranch, a big, big sheep ranch. We hunted fallow deer there. We there were deer everywhere. On the way out, we met a guy, and we call him the Rabbit Man. Or like he, he looked like a superhero. He was riding on like a, just a two-stroke bike with like <laughs> rabbit hide covers for the handles. He had a helmet on. He looked like a superhero, like a leather jacket and a, like a twenty-two. And he was riding around. His job was to ride around and shoot rabbits all night long every day. Seven days a week. He had killed millions of rabbits. Millions. Millions. And he, he would log, every night come back and log the number of rabbits he killed. They weren't eating these rabbits. It was population control. These rabbits were were digging under fences. These rabbits were destroying the landscape. They couldn't run sheep. The, the land was invaluable because these rabbits were, it's, it's almost like turn of the century America. It was, right. We had some of the same situations. But we met this guy whose job it was to... With impunity, kill as many rabbits as he possibly
0: could. Are rabbits an invasive species?
1: Down there, in they Australia? might be. Yeah. Well, find out because. Um, this was New Zealand, and most, like, there's almost there's everything. Almost everything is, is non native and invasive. That is a crazy spot. Yeah. That's cr- for it's one of my favorite spots. I could be on the the board for tourism for New Zealand. Really? European I love that rabbits
0: <laughs> place. were introduced to Australia in the 18th century. Okay, but what about New Zealand? Yeah, what about New Zealand? Jamie, not paying attention.
2: It's oh. <laughs> right, right next to it, I think.
0: <laughs> it's right that's next to it. it. <laughs> they can't swim, bro. <laughs> rabbits don't swim. But I bet it's the same thing, right? It's the
1: same thing, I'm sure. It's probably the same we, never, thing. we never did get so yeah. deep into... Um, yep,
0: invasive species. A number introduced. Yep, rabbit, yeah. European rabbit. Yeah, they. I think everything in, in New Zealand was introduced. Yes, most most. Sorry, all. New Zealand really needs to kill these adorable rabbits. Yeah, they have to. Yeah. By the way, you can eat them. They're fucking delicious. Oh, the rabbits are delicious. Yeah. I mean, it's, but it's the problem is my daughter has a fucking pet rabbit, okay? And uh, we put it um, in this little cute cage, and when it wants to come out and be held, it, it, it puts its little paws on it. It <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> makes noise. You open the cage up, and take the rabbit out. <laughs> you know, but Ooh, that's delicious. One. It can't
1: go out and fuck. I love hunting rabbits, man. They're um, delicious. But that, I was reading this, this uh, environmental, I was it like a theorist, this guy was talking about the types of hunting. And I was reading this. I'm like, "This is not. This might be a smart guy, but he don't have it." He was talking about
2: three types of hunting: therapeutic. What is that? What is that, oh, Jamie? Sto- I don't. It was in that picture with the rabbits. It said stoats. Stoats. stoats? I've never heard what of is it. It's
0: eating. A, it's eating a, a nested bird.
2: Yeah, probably another. They look cute, but except when well, you, you know, see that's one of the, the things that also I
0: learned about from the Meat Eater podcast is uh, how many squirrels kill birds. Oh yeah, they kill and eat birds. Like, that's a, a big part of the decimation of the population of certain bird species is I'm attributed in to this. squirrels. I'm
1: interested in this stuff. Look
0: at He eats fucking mice. Yeah. He's a murderer. It's a little fucking badass. That's crazy. That little thing eat a mouse that's about, what's well, a rat. It's eating a rat
1: that's, like, his size. Is this something on uh, New Zealand?
2: I think, I believe so. Yeah. I-
1: a little New Zealand murderer. The only thing I've run into that was native to New Zealand was a Kia. It was like a parrot that flies around.
0: Was the thylacine native to New Zealand or just Australia? That's Australia, right? That's the Tasmanian tiger.
1: He's also known weasel. as a weasel. Simply Look right. at
0: that. He's nine ounces. North just, America. He's, what? North America. Just, what? North America. Just, that mm. little fuckers out this here? Like oh, he's a and stuff. Maybe. Oh, okay. He got over here. <laughs> Distinguished by. Oh, he's a, he's a weasel. He looks like a Larger weasel. size and longer tail with a prominent black tip. It's kind of a weasel. Ter- tr- terrific level carnivorous. Isn't it funny that weasels are thought to be like little bitches? Ah, you little weasel. Weasels are weasel. badass. Look at this weasel. There he goes. Look at him. Yeah. And weasels will fuck up a cobra. How about that? Ooh. Look at him. What is he Scoot doing there? Kills
1: rabbit. rabbit. That's how he's killing? Look at it. Stoat at kills it. rabbit 10 times its size. Jesus Christ. Two million views. I'm trying to
2: find the how to chase that. It down. There look it is. Oh, there it is. is.
0: Look how small he is, and he's chasing a rabbit. That's insane. What a little ruthless really motherfucker.
2: This is probably on, like...
0: Yeah,
1: don't show it, but we'll but it's talk a, it through. But it seems through. very cute. So do we, should we do the play-by-play on this show? Life stout.
0: Uh, oh, life! Stout, uh, stout kills, kills rabbit ten times the Would size. stoat or stout?
1: BBC one. I don't know. Is it stout or stout? I don't know. I never run into this critter in my Look time this outside.
0: Little motherfucker! Look at him go! He really is ten times the size. He's, he's very adorable. He's kind of
1: adorable though. The way that he's what doing a it. What ruthless little oh, dude, cunt. What's he going to do? Is he going to go for the hindquarters like a wolf? The other rabbit tried to yolk. stop him.
0: Does like Captain Savajo over there? <laughs> look at this one. Just oh, oh, let some pass by. Oh, he's that, going low. How about the other rabbit? Just sits there while his friends
1: gets jacked. There's like just the dozens of rabbits that yeah. aren't like. Let's yeah. gang up and get this stoat, man.
0: How crazy is he? Doesn't try he's the rabbits that wrong. are really close to him.
1: Oh, now he goes. Where's he going? Is he going like? So he's, he's probably going to hit ass. those. He's going to hit those hindquarters. He's going to get some shock and some blood oh, loss. Look at this gonna get the neck yeah no he's look, going for that They he the gone yeah, he's gonna
0: pull him down with the legs you get
1: blood loss and you get sho- no he's going oh,
0: oh, oh joe rogan the he's the going face. up oh Ooh. joe rogan oh my god oh. he's going deep back look at the oh, other rabbit's oh. like
1: what's going on he's like this doesn't seem right the other rabbit's just gonna look away you pussy we're not friends <sighs> not even help your friend oh,
0: what a Dude. little monster oh that is so he's crazy
1: deep. he's deep on it that is so crazy. So he's got his teeth for those in I don't know who's watching but he's got his yeah. teeth like behind the ears the of this rabbit. Done.
0: He's killing it by biting the back of its neck and he literally is 10 times smaller than it. That's is amazing. it dead right wow. there? Wow. Yeah. The other rabbit was like, Dah. "Thank you BBC, fucking dorks. Help your friend. That's why you're going to go extinct, you cunts." <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> you fucking yeah, asshole. Bastards. You have big
0: teeth. How about you turn uh, on the bitch? <laughs> turn on him and bite him in the neck. Is it? I'm really. uh, Is it stout?
1: They're stout, you think. S T O A T. -t. It seems like it would be stout. Yeah.
0: No, but a U would be stout. 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 Stout.
1: Stout. 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 Never seen one of those before in my time outside. Never you heard about it? Never heard of it? No,
0: I didn't even know it was a thing until ten minutes ago.
1: They're savage. (laughs) They're savage. Next thing you know, they're going to be they're going to be like nipping at your calves, trying to take you down.
2: That should be the American animal, not an eagle. Weasels in Ireland and here, everywhere else, they're called short-tailed weasels. Oh, so it's a kind of
0: weasel. Yeah. Yeah. Weasels are vicious little yeah. motherfuckers. That's what I'm saying. Like, why are weasels like the weasel? When you think about, like, Polly Shore, Shore. When he would do the weasel. The weasel. You, you thought of him weaseling. You didn't think of him as being a ruthless killer of something ten times his no, size. No, weasels are cute. Like, if Polly Shore was taking down giant bitches, like huge, 25-feet-tall <laughs> women and just smashing them, you know, like, that would be what...
1: That's a sweet little we- animal. So... But that even the way that... that um, the weasel was chasing the rabbit it was kind of cute like he was just bounded along adorable it Very
0: adorable what was adorable So he would run by he was so mean he would run by the, the other, other rabbits so like he, he, had, didn't he had care.
1: determined about yeah. this rabbit this brings up like we were on, on my podcast we had a, a guy on there named randy newberg you know about I that know randy, guy yeah randy's awesome yeah it's great lives in bozeman and he's great and we were talking we did a, a deal about ethics and um a lot of folks wrote in and, and they said i'd be interested to hear what you think about this If if an animal is wounded and you're, say you're up in a tree stand or you're hunting, you know, spot and stalk, or you're, in in the case of Randy, hunting over um, a water hole, if you're doing that and and you're a hunter, you hold a tag, you can choose which animal you'd like to kill, right? it's it's, You have a a buck or a doe, a male or female tag, you can choose which one you want to kill. if an animal comes by you that has been wounded, clearly been wounded, clearly struggling, you know, in the case of uh, Randy Newberg, he was sitting on a waterhole, and I believe he was in Arizona, and with a trophy tag, which means there was a lot of big mule deer walking around, or a lot of big antelope walking around in that, in that situation, pronghorn.
0: Well, let's explain to people that are listening that don't know what we're talking about. What, when he says a trophy tag, what he means is there's some units that are designated as trophy areas. It yeah. doesn't mean you don't eat the, the animal. What it does mean is that it's, a, yep. a, 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 it's very difficult to get into this area. You yes. have to have a certain amount of points, which means you're putting in to the pool of money that is uh, for conservation, for habitat protection. All You're putting in every year to try to get a tag. And you can only get a tag in a lot of these places once a lifetime. For some places, yeah, in some, some places, places I've drawn every ten years, drawn
1: tags that are once every fifteen years. Yeah. I mean, it's a very complicated point system. But yeah, when, so it, what?
0: But let's explain why they do that. They right. do that to preserve the population of big mature animals, so that this you can't just let anybody go in. Like there's some places that are called over the counter. Yep. what what an over the counter unit is is they know that there's a large healthy population of animals, and they either The wildlife biologists and the state representative, they choose to just let anybody go in and when they think the animals are diminishing too much, then they'll put a cap on it. But for now, it's an over-the-counter unit. Yes, and then they have places that are very difficult to draw units. Yeah, and those difficult to draw units is one of the places where Randy Newberg was because he was looking for a big old mature animal that had spread yeah. its genetics. And
1: it's tough. Like the the term trophy has been so weaponized that it's yeah. it's tough. It's my fault for using like when you use I use yeah. it in, not in the term that most people think of it. I think of trophies as a lot of different things. A mature animal. That's again once in a lifetime. It takes somebody. Many years to draw. I think a you should tag. just call
0: it a limited draw unit. Limited draw unit. Yeah. Right. Limited so draw unit. Hard to get area. Once
1: in a lifetime hunt where you're yeah. never going to hunt there again and yeah. you're looking for the most unique animal that you can find, the most mature animal that you can find. But along Give, the way. Yeah. But along the way, like in this case, ethically, he runs into a limping antelope, pronghorn. It comes into a water hole and it's limping to the point where he, it, he thinks, oh, um, and this happens to a lot of hunters. He thinks, oh, I have this tag. I've waited a long time to get it. It's a very unique tag, of course, is the way you explained it. And would I, you know, I can eat this animal just the same as I would any other one, but to, add, you know, to, to exercise some mercy around this antelope that's clearly suffering, clearly injured, who knows how it got injured, It's limping up to a water hole. He's, he's having this ethical, um, pondering in his head, like, should I dispatch this thing and end its suffering? fill my tag this way. Because with it with a tag in that nature, if you have a tag, you can then choose to do anything you want with it in legal bounds. You right. Shoot. You
0: didn't wound this animal, so you could let that animal pass and choose a, a larger, more mature, yeah. more impressive animal.
1: And you can let nature take its course. Yeah. Whether a predation or not in the case of this one, but winter kill or something may take that animal. Or you can end its uh quote unquote suffering. You don't know. We can't talk to the animal and ask it its opinion. But you can end what looks like its suffering. And fill your tag in that way. That's mm-hmm. not the way normal hunts play out, but a lot of hunters are put in that situ- that ethical situation. Like, it's pretty
0: rare, but it can happen. It can happen. It's
1: never happened to me, but we what did. was your answer? So the answer, his answer was to shoot that. Was to shoot that antelope. I,
0: I agree with that. Yeah. You know why? Because also here's another possibility. No antelopes come by. Yeah. So if no antelopes come by, just by fate, you don't get an animal. Yeah. So you spend seven days out there in the wilderness, and you you come home empty-handed. You don't yeah. get to eat an antelope. Yeah. Or you're presented with this opportunity to be merciful to take this animal out that's injured, and you get to keep an antelope. And although it's not the antelope that you dreamed of, it's something the but it's still healthy still, meat. Yes. And you get to feel good the fact that you really did. You, yeah. You you put
1: an animal out of its misery. And 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 we all like mercy is a virtue. Yes. right it's for sure we all would like to you know be able like and I and I said this and, and Randy kind of we talked through it but I said that that this is a, a unique situation to a hunter if you're a hiker and you come across an animal wounded in this way or injured in this way there's very little you can do yeah but this is unique to the hunter's responsibility to look at this animal and make this decision
0: here's another argument. Another argument is you really should do nothing because those are the animals that are designated to be taken out by the predators, and you yep. want to keep the predator population exactly. healthy. That
1: was more my answer, Randy's answer. Like, we, we went back and forth, of course. And, um, I see both sides. I see both sides, too. And I think this, that's one of those situations where, as a hunter, there was a, you know, I'll go back. there's another podcast I did with a guy named Dushan Smetana. And he uh, That's is his a, real name? That's his real name. He's fantastic. Dushans
0: Mantana? Dushans Mantana. He's
1: yeah. from Czechoslovakia. Damn, he's an outdoor photographer, and he's he's a dope individual and a wonderful you human being. better mate. be with that name. He's, he lives up to that Pretty name. Sporting name. He'd like sit by his fire. <laughs> like, let me say, like sit by his fire. Does he, and just... does he wear handmade boots? Of course he does, Joe. <laughs> the fuck out of here. <laughs> what do you think he's wearing? It seems like he would. Make his own moccasins. The most interesting man in the world. He is very much this he like so. We, I did a podcast with him. We sat by his fire, and we drank plum brandy that he makes himself. Of course, he does. Really? Look, he makes his own honey. He yeah. has Icelandic sheep that Jesus he Christ. shears and eats. He does asada. He kills a lamb every Whoa. year and feeds everyone asada. Wonderful human being. Um, he grew up in Czechoslovakia, and part of his describing his his growing up is like in there's a term, and I'll I'll butcher the pronunciation of it, but Miklavec is the term that he used to describe a hunter. As like hunter or the one who thinks, and the way he described the the culture the cultural significance of a hunter in his you know, um, when he was growing up in the late eighties in, in Czechoslovakia was that the hunter had to be was the was the judge and jury. So there was like a reverence around hunting, a reverence around a hunter because that hunter got the privilege in in his culture to be the judge and jury for what animal gets taken out of the herd. Like making that very serious decision to say this animal is wounded, this animal is too old, this animal is young enough, right? You've talked about a lot on this podcast with very uh, some other smart hunters that I think what hunting needs to become now that it isn't is – this exalted status in our society where they like we're at, we're giving somebody th- with a hunting tag or a hunting license, you're giving somebody the opportunity to make a decision about something's life.
0: Well, you say exalted status. The problem is you don't have to earn that status, right? It's like, right. You, you could just go out and do it. And one of the things that I've found out about hunting that is, uh, I don't, I don't know if it's necessarily surprising, but it's, it's very difficult to express mm-hmm. without, personal experience, is that it, the consequence, are, it's so different than what you would think. It's very difficult to do. It's very physically exhausting. The consequences of your actions are so grave, and the rewards are so much different than any other way yeah. of acquiring food, even fishing, yes. which I love. I love fishing. I love fish. I like to eat them. They're delicious. They're delicious. I like to catch them. They're fun. I like catching fish. Um, it's not the same. There's something that we and, – and I don't think this is a learned thing. I think there's a, there's a connection to difficult-to-acquire mammals that goes deep in our DNA. And I think this is the reason why we – I think one of the reasons why we enjoy fishing is because those reward systems were put in place by people that survived by eating fish. Yeah. They, by all those generations of people that did catch fish and that was how they ate that day, that excitement lives inside of you and you spark that up when you get a big
1: steelhead on the line That's right you hear that real go
2: because you're being you're like, informed Fuck. you're
1: being informed by people that didn't have a choice man yes, like yes. these are people that had to have that
0: fish to live exactly so even though it's recreation to you it's a thrilling recreation but then the consequences aren't as grave there's something about a wounded deer or a wounded elk that is so horrific and a merciful killing that is so it's so such a relief it's there's something powerful about it, like I told you, I, I shot that elk, yeah it, that it's out there that it walked four yards, yeah, and I'm not exaggerating, four yards and fell over. it was dead like that, like and the guys who were there, they said it was quicker than any rifle shot yeah. they had ever seen an elk die, so they, they usually stand up longer from that that's what. Everybody wants that. Of course, hunks. they do. They wants it. They of want Of course, it to ant- they do. But if I catch a fish and uh, he's, uh, I pull him out of the water and throw him on the ice, and he's flopping around for a few hours, I'm just happy I got him. Yeah, it's different.
1: Well, they'd, like you've had Michael Pollan on the show yeah. before. He wrote that Omnivore's Dilemma, and yeah. in, it, in it, he was just said, basically, and I'm paraphrasing, but he said, "It hunting is so different from the inside than it is from the outside." Yes. It's so easy to view hunting in the lens of like, there's a dude sitting behind a, uh, a deer smiling and grabbing its antlers. There's also the problem that malnutrition in this country is almost
0: non-existent. Fat people are poor people in this country, yeah. which is fucked. Yeah. Like poor people are fat, yeah. which is one of the weirder things about our society. This, yeah. has never heard, this has never happened in the history of human beings that the poor people were the big fat ones. They got cell phones. I mean, there's a lot of rich people that are fat too. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> But there's, it's, people don't have a problem being fat, sure. right? And this doesn't mean that there's not a lot of malnutrition. There most certainly is. But it's nutrition. It's not, not a lack of calories. Lack of calories was a massive problem throughout most of human of history. The of lack, lack of food. So it's the, the access to food
1: is so normal to us. It's so easy. But the unfettered access to food is what's really normal now. Yes. That's what's changed with yeah. industrialization and, and coming fast on. Like, yeah, fast food. Fast food is Processed fucked. Processed food is fucked.
0: Yeah, even if you go back to when people, when hunting was more normal in the 1920s or the 1930s, or something, it was really normal. There was also no fast food. Yeah. So when you would get a roast, even if you went to a butcher and you got a roast and you brought it home and you were making roast beef and you're cooking it, or yeah. your uncle shot a deer. Well, when like was, an, you when you was the last time that?
1: milk was delivered to your door? Yeah. Right. Not my dad. You know, so there's a lot of different. It there's was lot, raw. It was raw. Yeah. So there's a lot of different, yeah, like the, the removal from the actual, you know, process that hunters go through. But it,
0: Actually, it might not have been raw. Like, when did they start pasteurizing and homogenization?
1: When was yeah, it? that's Noir. a Jamie thing.
0: That was um, Louis uh, Pasteur. Pasteur. Yeah, that is who it was. Pasteurization, um, right? That's that's what it came from. Yeah, paste- yeah. yeah. Louis pasteurized Pasteur. milk. Um, when did they start implementing that? Like, when you would get the milk on your door in those glass jars. Didn't that milk go bad quick, though?
1: But that's, you know, my grandparents. That's what they 18, would describe, 18, the milkman. 1880s. 1880s. Yeah. So when wow. it started. That's when it started.
0: I wonder when it was common. I wonder if it, it was- But
1: you think about like market hunting. We always talk about hunting mm-hmm. like the, the the turn of the century being this huge moment in hunting conservation. Market hunting really became a thing when, when it, it accelerated when refrigeration became a reality. Right. And accelerated when railroads could take meat from the great American West back to the cities in the East Coast. Hmm. And so those things like accelerated that technology and those things accelerated market hunting and the the depredation of things like the whitetail deer and 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 the buffalo as we all famously so you're, the buffalo. You're,
0: I'm just trying to flavor this in the context of most people that uh, hear these conversations don't really know what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you you're obviously well versed in this, but for a lot of folks, they don't understand that what what happened was after the Civil War, in particular. There's a lot of soldiers that weren't fighting anymore in the war, and they got jobs as hunters, Mm -hmm. and they would just go out with no rules and shoot as many animals as they wanted.
1: And The term we call that is market hunting, and the market hunting means that they're out hunting for marketing the meat or marketing the hides or marketing parts of the animal to themselves. Sometimes just
0: the tongue. They would shoot buffaloes for just the
1: tongue. Yep. So in, in in that time in our at the turn of the century, right, 1880s in the turn of the century, we had mass mass killings of people just think of buffalo really, but white-tailed deer, mallard duck, wild turkey, elk, elk, black bear, black bear. Everybody. Look at
0: that. Jesus Christ. Yes. This is uh we're looking at a photograph of like so many fucking animals just hanging from Some these ducks
1: there, mostly ducks, yeah. looks like all ducks. I Don't see anything yet, but there's, there's nothing. What are those all? What are those? Easter eggs, like bears. Those are all ducks. Yeah.
0: Um. So there's. Those deer, are all deer. Market hunting deer, but they decimated massive, just quantities of these wild game animals. Yeah. If that you were we like to compare, today.
1: there's more white tailed here today than when Christopher Columbus landed on this yeah. continent. At the time. You know, at the turn of the century, when at the height of the market hunting crisis in this country, there were you know, there were enough there were enough white-tailed deer that they they probably would have been on the endangered species list or been close. And so, the model of conservation that we then enacted—I don't want to say like—I don't want to overexert this for people who have never heard of it. But if you look at the if you look up Jamie, the North American model of wildlife conservation, there was. There was a, a ton of key figures in taking what America had at that point, which was basically the Wild West where animals were dying at mass. And with with railroads and refrigeration, like we said, they're then feeding and clothing at that time the masses in in the urban settings, you know, in New York and different places. But as as this, these centuries turned over and as you get into the, the, the teens and the 20s, guys like Teddy Roosevelt – Give Gifford Pinochet, there, there, you know, John Muir, there was a bunch of figures who essentially kicked off what is America's conservation movement. The, the, the movement to conserve not only the wildlife populations, but wild lands and wild waters and significant places in this country that we needed to protect. Because around the turn of the century, we did not have that feeling of value as a society. There wasn't a like we have to go value that thing we've never seen because you could never see it. Right. And so we they were they went they set about building a value structure for not only wildlife but wild places and they also set about a, pl- a a way that the user would pay for this conservation. And this these are the constructs of what we now know to be the North American model of wildlife conservation. Which I mean this is if you look at it today it's like one of the most successful and like the seminal systems of, of conservation in the world, in the world. It wasn't really codified until the 80s, until guys like Valerius, Dr. Valerius Geist and Shane Mahoney and folks wrote it down and said, this is what it is. But pull it, if you could pull up the tenets of the North American model, because I could list them off, but.
0: North American model of wildlife conservation, wildlife as public trust resources, elimination of markets for game. Like that's why people say, hey, where can I buy some elk? You can't. You can't.
1: You can buy it from New Zealand. So uh, let's let's go wildlife. Wildlife is a public trust. That just basically means the states hold the wildlife in trust for the public. These animals belong to us state holds them in trust and manage them in in trust for us
0: now for people that have a problem that as an idea that we would own a living thing the only reason for that is to protect those living things i understand uh, on semantics that you would have issue with you know humans shouldn't own life
1: man we don't and and maybe own is the wrong word to use bruh. Maybe yes. own is the wrong word to use, but it's like manage and cohabitate with. Maybe yes. that's the better way to well, say we're it.
0: The stu- by being, by, look, whether we protect them or whether we decimate them, right? We, we are the stewards of the land. We are. We are the ones, the monkeys with the guns. Okay, that's
1: just a fact. We have the ability to say, yes. here's this number of animals. Here's this number of land. Here's, here's how we encroach upon that land. Right. Let's study that and make sure that's all good. Yes. And then let's manage it as actively manage it as hunters and anglers to make sure the carrying capacity of this land meets the wildlife populations. Everything is working in order. It's the sustainable use of a natural resource. That's right. what hunting is. If anybody asks you like hey, hey dude, what's hunting? You say hunting in the North American model is the sustainable use of a natural resource. Yes. To eat. To eat.
0: Elimination of markets for game. We we covered, we covered that. that none of these animals that we're talking about. Whether you're eating black bear or whether you're eating deer, you cannot buy that stuff. Nope. If you buy it, you're going to get raised, farm-raised meat, and most of it is from
1: New Zealand. Yep. Allocation of wildlife by law. Right. There's laws, right? There's a, there's a law to say how many animals you can kill. If you, Just like that fellow in Missouri that's got to watch Bambi, if you kill more than right. you're supposed to kill. You're a poacher now. You've broken the law,
0: and the law is dictated in most really good states like Montana by wildlife biologists, mm-hmm. conservationists, and people that yes. understand the population, and what's a healthy population for the area, yep, and how how to maintain a correct balance. And there's yes. a real science to that, folks. Yep. You know the, the science of when you talk to wildlife biologists about this. This I mean, we had a great podcast with Doug Duran
1: Yes. And Brian. What's Brian's last name? Love Doug Duran.
0: What was uh, I fucking can't remember my shitty brain, um, but we we were talking about CWD, chronic yeah. wasting disease, the spread of it amongst wild animals, and then just Richards, Brian Richards, shout out to Brian Richards, and me pal Doug Duren But I um, love you, Doug. You're great. Doug's the best.
1: Keep fighting that CWD fight yeah. over there.
0: So what we talked about was the the actual science behind yeah. this one particular issue, but. You grow to appreciate when you hear someone like him talk. You grow to appreciate the complex nature of wildlife biology and maintaining the populations of animals, keeping keeping them healthy, yes. and making sure that these habitats are
1: preserved. This is very complicated stuff. Oh, it's 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 impossible to really understand the scope of these. Like you take to take Wyoming or Montana. Like yeah. We, we 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 tend to cordon off things we really care about like oh grizzly bears and the greater yellowstone ecosystem we really care about that that's the thing to talk about but really what we should be talking about is in really what most wildlife managers are are looking at is this like biodiversity Mm -hmm. and health of all wildlife populations and it, it
0: predator prey balance predator prey
1: balance like these are things that we've um that we've set about in this model of conservation to say like we're not just by license, by license, we are using science and biology to dictate the way in which hunting is used to benefit these populations. Put that back up, Jamie. Oh, it's gone.
0: Jamie, you Googling porn? <laughs> uh, wildlife can only be killed for a legitimate purpose. That kind of says it all. Right. It does, but that what does that mean is where it gets weird with people. Like, um, here's one. <laughs> you go here's deep one where in people, that. people get really crazy. They get really crazy when you kill predators. Right. Yeah, even if you're gonna eat them, like uh, I was looking at Adam uh, GreenTree's page, and shot Adam GreenTree shot a cougar. Did he send he you that meat? mountain lion. He has not. He's gonna be here, and we're gonna cook it together. Whoa! We're gonna cook some mountain lion backstrap. I hear
1: tell it's delicious. I've never had you. Uh, I have. I haven't had it like that. I've shot, but somebody else prepared. But you say you hear tell, but you have had. it. I have had it, and it is delicious. Are you being coy? I'm not not being coy at 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 all. Saying hear tell. I hear (laughs) (laughs) tell. I like to sound folksy, so people (laughs) understand what I'm saying. But no, I I, said is superb. It's 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 like lean and delicate, and it's it's like pork almost. It's really good. And then people will go crazy. Like, why are you killing that? uh,
0: Do you understand how fucked it is that you have zero problem with someone killing a deer? But you have a problem with someone killing a mountain lion. And this is a real issue. You have a problem with someone killing something that will fucking for sure kill you (laughs) if it catches you alone in the forest. Yes. Fucking for sure kill your dog. For sure kill your kids. Definitely kill those cute little deer. And kill a shitload of them. Absolutely. One every couple of days for its entire life. Forever. They're experts at it. And for whatever reason, we get it in our head that if... And I think this comes from this whole idea of trophy hunting. Yeah. That if you kill something like that, you're only killing that thing because you have a little dick and yeah, it doesn't but, work and so you want to be a big man, so you kill this thing that's better than you is and you it ruin the, this beautiful animal. It's the
1: definition of a surface level examination. It
0: is, but it isn't. Because this is the, this is the narrative that's been pushed through all the channels. They don't... Unless they go out and research this stuff objectively in depth, then why would you? They can't I mean, just let's they be won't. De- but let's be devil's advocate. Why you would you if you're an accountant? What do I want to look into the subtleties of predator hunting for? Yes. Keep that up, please. Why why do I want why why do I give a fuck about that? Like why do I get some assholes want to shoot mountain lions? What yeah. crazy Oh, is he gonna use dogs? Oh wow, great. That's not idea. fair.
1: That's so unfair. Can we talk for well, can we talk for a minute about baiting? Bears.
0: Yes. Well, let's, can we – we want to – oh, yeah, let's, let's keep – legitimate purpose. Let's keep – Legitimate purpose, yeah, right? baiting I, bears. I read a Do thing – Do you want to keep that down for the light? Is that yeah. what it is? Oh, okay. Oh, is that what so it is? just put it back up when we need it. We'll to. get
1: to it. Um, there is I, – I I've read stories, and, and you and I have baited it when hunting for bears baited before, and so I've heard a lot of – We in hunting, they have the term fair chase, which means a legitimate You know, reason for the – ability for the animal to escape. You're hunting the animal in all fairness in the pursuit – um, people beat, beat up on baited bear hunting a lot, probably because bears are involved, probably because it seems unfair to sit in a chair and put out some donuts or put out some, a dead beaver or put out whatever tr- attracts a bear to put a smell out into the forest. The bear smells it. It comes to eat and you're there to kill it. That seems like what? Lazy? Seems like that seems a lot of things. cheating, cheating. So people would say that's not fair chase. That's not ethical, right? And and in some ways I agree with that in comparison to other ways of hunting, right? But at the same time, I can say I can tell you this. There's no more ethical if the idea is to kill the animal, kill the right animal, especially in, in bear hunting, you're trying to kill a specific boar, a male bear that is past holder, past breeding. Anybody who's bear hunted will tell you one of the hardest things to judge on its on while it's living is a bear whether it's a male or a female how big it is how old it is they are hard to judge
0: because they're black, they, they slide through the forest, they, they have, all look, they, they don't stand, they, there's no markers. Like, if the bear is standing next to a Volkswagen bug, yeah, you go, oh, okay, I know how big a bug is, that's right. I know how big the bear is. That's right. If the bear is next to some tree that's 100 yards away, you really can't tell. It's
1: hard. So spotting and stalking, what we call spotting and stalking, which is like walking around, trying to find a bear, looking at it far away and getting close enough to kill it, whether it's with a rifle or a bow. There's a lot of problems with what seems to be a fair way to, to achieve the pursuit of that animal, there's a ton of problems around that because they're hard to judge. You could come up on a sow, a female bear that has cubs in a bush, not, not see the cubs, not know that it's a sow. You're far away with a rifle. You crack, you kill it. Two cubs run out of the bush. That is not what you were trying to do. You made a mistake there. In the scenario where you are at a bait site, this animal comes in. It's walking around very close to where you are. You get to... Judge it. You get to look between its legs, see if it has a dick or not, and then just dis- determine it's the animal you want to dispatch and dispatch it ethically because it's closer to you. It's 20 yards. It's stabilized. A lot of times it doesn't know, hopefully, doesn't know you're there rather than doing it from further away or having to stalk close to it. So I say all this to say, like, this is complex. What you think might be fair chase, what you think you might want to apply your own you know, levels of fairness to doesn't always equal the reality of pursuing that animal if the end game is to dispatch it fairly and kill it fairly.
0: Bears are a very unique animal in in that there's so much more criticism because of teddy bears and yogi and fucking Coca-Cola commercials. We have this idea of what a bear is. Yes. And it's also the, the thing is, and this is hard for people to accept, Those old boars that we're trying to kill, if you kill them, it's better for the whole population of bears because they eat bears. Now, this is where it gets really fucked up. And, uh, you know, my friend Jonathan, who is – you you met John and Jen. Of course, we were up there with them. Jonathan, their son, saw one of the bears kill and start consuming a cub. Oh yeah, the female scared the bear off and then ate her own kid.
1: Yeah, i, I you listen to my podcast. I got a guy named Cole Kramer who I've hunted on Kodiak Island with. He's seen bear. He's seen male bears chase down sows, run them into a cave, rip. I mean, he's watched them rip cubs and rip them in half and eat them and spit them out. Like yeah, you know, and once you've seen that, you're you're You know, no matter how many bear cartoons we show, no matter how many times a bear has suspenders on and is talking to us, it doesn't change. No matter how many times we name a bear, it doesn't change the bareness of the animal. It doesn't change its, its prime. It's a different
0: like, animal. It's a different kind of animal.
1: So there's nothing we can do to change yeah.
0: bear being a bear. I don't think there's any evidence that they don't eat their own kids either. Yeah. I don't think there is, right? I mean – I'm
1: sure somebody you know somebody way more educated than me can tell, you, can tell you exactly what's happening there. But we know, you and I both know, that they're killing those two – they're killing as many cubs as they can to get the sow to come back and heat. He
0: they're doing that, and they're also doing it for food. Food as well. They, they eat them, and they also try to bring the sow back into estrus. So the whole thing is You've talked right. about
1: this before. Like, the hunters are in a specific, you know, are in a really interesting position to have seen, to see these things and be intimate with these animals. Which
3: is, a,
0: if you just explain what you explain to most people, they would just snap their uh, head back. Like, uh, what? Yeah. They're cannibals? 100% of them are cannibals.
1: Yeah even the ones that wear suspenders like it it, ah. uh, it it is it it's this i think what non-hunters want from hunters is is to one say listen this is a complex thing that we're doing right we're going into a wild place and removing from it something we didn't put there fuck that's serious that that's not we shouldn't be nonchalant about that we shouldn't celebrate it in ways that make it seem irreverent like that that right we should we should understand it's serious and take that action seriously we should be you know again that guy dushan and he was explaining in, in Czechoslovakia to go hunting you had to go take a class and learn flora and fauna and learn how many pheasant eggs were in you know in a nest and and really yeah and then once you became a hunter in the terms that that they describe it then you had to like it was the amount of work you put into the forest that denoted what you could then hunt you know, so if you went to cut down this many trees, you could go hunt a deer. If you only did one certain thing, you could hunt a rabbit. Like, they had this... Really? Yeah. He describes it as this, like, interaction with So that was their the
0: conservation model.
1: That was their model of conservation. It was very much, like, accountability. And so I, I think what most non-hunters want from hunters, because for me, I don't think about anti-hunters as much as I think about somebody who just is smart, thoughtful, has never been... You were this way at some point. Sure. You're, like person who really thought hard about what you were eating and wanted to explore what is happening here. Yeah. And if is there alternative ways. So I think what non hunters want from hunters is, is for us to say, listen, we get it's complex. We get, it's a serious thing and we're doing our best to unpack the, the moral and ethical entanglements in what we do. Yeah. And it's, it's not easy. I mean, we flush pheasants when we could shoot them on the ground and that's the way we do it we call that fair chase but we don't like when an animal comes close enough to us and eats the corn and we can shoot it like we don't like that either so these these things are just entangled they're it's hard to it's it's a hard activity to to reckon with
0: well the baiting part of it is is a it's it's absolutely not as good
1: Yes. Right. I, I'm not saying I'm yeah. out there baiting every no. animal. It's, no, of course. I, but I'm saying I can just see as like a, somebody that likes the nuance of this and likes to explore this and likes to ask why. It's yeah. Like, why? Why is it that that's the case? Why is it that we look down on people that that bait animals? and
0: Or use dogs. Or use
1: dogs. So the same, you know, same reason.
0: They do it for the exact same reason. Yeah. So I,
1: they get a close-up ethical
0: shot on a difficult-to-pursue animal.
1: Yeah, and it's it's all, it always goes back to like those the reasons we do what we do, but- but again, I, I would hope that everybody listening to this—lots of people do that don't hunt—that they would they would ask themselves, like, what do I what do I expect from hunters? Like, what is the thing that I expect you to do to earn? Because I I very much feel as a hunter, I need to earn the respect of the non-hunter. Yeah, like I have a I have a duty to my hunting community to actively earn the respect of every non-hunter I run into. I feel like I got to do it, and maybe I'm maybe I'm just making it harder for myself, but I. I feel like there's... It's an almost impossible task. Yeah, but I've... You've probably done it. I've done it on a one-to-one level. Yeah. I I definitely have flipped
0: people. Especially easier... It's much easier when they eat meat.
1: Yeah. When they eat
0: meat, it makes sense. Yes. But then they'll still have a problem with the bear thing. And the bear thing is one you got to sit them down with. Like, I don't... I don't prefer to hunt bears. I don't. In any way. Because I don't... I get weirded out about trichinosis... It, it's just uh, the meat is not as good to me. Yeah, it's it's good. It's, good. It tastes great. You, you have a nice roast or, or bear stir fry or something. Like that. It is delicious.
1: It's not like you spit it out, but it's not also like right. comparative to elk. It's like eh, okay.
0: Yeah, you can't even have it medium rare, which is the best way to eat meat. That's right. So uh, it's not the same to me. But if I lived like in Alberta where John and Jen live, I would realize that it's imperative. You have to do and if you do like to eat elk, and if you do like to eat deer, and if you do like to eat moose, it's really your responsibility to hunt bear, yeah. because they kill 50% of all the moose calves, the elk calves, and the deer fawns, 50% get killed by black bear. Now, here's the other thing you could say. Well, that's because nature has a balance, and the reason why they're there is so those fucking deer don't look like those kangaroo in that park, and that's true, too. That's true, too. They're right, and I think it's our job to not have... Any sort of bias when it comes to our examination of this information, whether it's flattering yes. or not, we, we have to be able to look at this objectively. We yeah, you've got to be pragmatic. Yes. Have to. And you have to be honest, and I think this is – you have to address the complexity. You have to realize that this is very complex. But guess what, fuckface? If you wear leather shoes, you got leather yeah. clothes, you got a leather interior in your car, you're eating cheeseburgers, you should probably shut the fuck We're up. Co- like We're humans. Yeah. We're
1: consumption engines. We breathe yes. in, we breathe out, we consume the world around us. That's yeah. the way it works. As you always say, life yeah. eats life. And that, But the reality of the situation for me is like I've tried to, not stray away from, but try to add on to the pragmatic arguments for hunting. Like yes. To try to examine like the emotional... Issues we have around caring for the single animal over caring for the entire species of, of that animal or in any case subspecies of that yeah. animal. Like that that to me is something I've tried to add on. Like let's first start with pragmatic arguments. Like you eat meat. You're fucking killing things. Like why aren't you thinking as hard as I'm thinking about this? And, and I, I really would love to build a bridge with people to say I care. Like if, if you're an uh, – let's say you're an anti-hunter. And you love animals. You're a vegan. You've had a lot of conversation around vegans. I'm a vegan. I really care about animals. They're sentient beings. They all deserve life. Put that person in front of me. And then I'll stand right beside them and be like, I fucking agree with you. I agree that all animals are sentient beings. I agree that they all deserve life. And and, and then I go to preserve that life for that animal. That's what I go to do. We start, me and that anti-hunter, I'm a hunter, start at the same point. And over the years... Sort of. Sort of. At its core, You want to eat those animals. I do. So that, that eliminates you from
0: their side. But that's... Instantly. That's un- yes. Because the, the, your diet...
1: But... You're an animal-consuming machine. This person's an animal consuming machine. They're just not admitting it. They just don't understand they that just they're not an animal consuming
0: it. machine because they don't organically garden. Yes. If they organically garden and eat everything that they grow themselves.
1: Even then, it's hard to detach yourself <sighs> from your consumption of the world. Yeah. it's hard. Like, what's what's in your compost, bro? Yeah. <laughs> if it makes it easier for you, yeah. let's just leave the vegan out of the conversation and say the non-hunter. Yes. It's like, I don't kill animals myself, but I care about them. I'm like... I care about them and I kill them. We're at the same, like if you r- remove the second part of the sentence, the first part is I care about them. Right. We both care about animals. We're standing at one point, And over time, whether it's mass media or just the way hunting has been marketed and in the in the poor PR agent that we've had, we've kind of walked away from each other. Right? Yeah. We started with, we both care about animals and we've kind of walked away from each other. And over time, we've been unwilling to turn around and face each other and be like, remember when we started out thinking we all value these animals. We value their lives. We all care about them. Hunting is just a version, our version, and it's worked. Given that model of conservation we were talking about, it's worked. For the white-tailed deer and the mallard duck, it's worked. There's more than ever. Um, I'm just doing it a different way than, than you've chosen to do it. I'm doing it in a more proactive way than you've chosen You know, to think about it. And so, I would, if, if a vegan came up to me and be like, listen, man, there, we have more similarities, in my opinion, than we do differences. We've just chosen the difference, the one big fat thing that's
0: different. It's the and, difference, though. It's the most important difference. Yeah. You want to kill animals and eat them. They don't think you should be allowed to. They don't think it's right. They don't think it's moral. They don't think it's ethical. They, yeah. don't, they just think everything is wrong with but, what you're doing. Okay, with we bo- your but diet. we both
1: care about animals. That is a
0: fucked up way to look at it. I care about people, too. I just like to eat them. <laughs> we are great. I'm going to be president, but I'm going to eat five people a week. I, I don't know. But we got a lot of people. Thing. Imagine if you run for president and say, I really love people, but I like to eat them.
1: They would say, well, those are people. <laughs> don't eat them. <laughs> 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 well, that's That's simple. what vegans
0: would tell you about animals.
1: I would say, I'm telling you that by, by taking the lives of these few animals, I'm working on the full, the full breadth of they this They would animal. tell
0: you, if you really cared, you just donate the money. You just donate the money to conservation. Fuck the Pittman-Robertson Act. just,
1: I'm still feeding my family. I'm still making myself a better person. I'm still uh, enriching my fucking life. So don't tell me I don't have the right to do that because you think animals are sentient. You're still killing animals by driving on roads and eating corn and doing the things you're doing.
0: Right. But they're not directly killing them by their food choices. Well, they don't know they are. They're, See, well, like,
1: so, indirect, like, proxy killing is better than, than
0: actual killing? Well, th- consciously. Right. Okay, actual consciously killing or buying something that's actually consciously killed is different than if you buy – look, if you buy soy, if you eat tofu, there is a fact. And that fact is there has to be a lot of animal displacement in order to make that amount of field available to grow soy in Yeah. or to, to grow um, soybeans in. It's just a fact. And then when you – talk to anybody that's ever seen what happens when a crop gets hit by a combine and then the vultures start flying overhead there's a reason it's because there's a bunch of little fucking squirrels and rabbits and all sorts of shit that just got ground up and anything else that gets stuck yeah in that field as those gigantic machines come whirring by and that's what that's how and when you're talking about large-scale agriculture that's how things are harvested of course they're not plucked one by one now if you're one of those people that has an organic garden and you pluck one by one, you take your rotten apple cores and your fucking orange peels oh, yeah. and you, you throw it all in a compost pile with some dead leaves and, and you use that as fertilizer, you're going to run out of nitrogen because you need fish, bitch. <laughs> oh, shit. You see, I like how you, you switch from devil's advocate yeah, to like, you're on my side now. We're going, in there, it, baby. No, folks, guess what? When you're buying fertilizer, it's dead fish. This Look, there's a fucking uh, unusual cycle. It's really weird. But the the cycle is that dead animals actually fuel the plants that you consume. So Mm. if you're a person that is, you know, if you're, even if you're eating wild plants, right, you want to eat some wild plants, guarantee you some dead fucking squirrels and rats and pigeons and anything else went to fertilize fertilize that shit. shit, You probably had that. I mean, they've proven that there's salmon DNA sometimes in plants. Because those plants have actually used salmon for a fertilizer. Yeah. Like people have used that those dead fish and that shit gets into the plants themselves. Yeah. It's all it's all very strange. But like there's
1: no way out, man. There's no way out of there's this a, like but in
0: their eyes, even if there's no way out, it's the out it's the path of least pain and suffering.
1: And I would tell those folks I respect the shit out of that. And I'm trying to do I'm trying to take my own this into my own hands and actively go and do the thing that i know to be enriching to my life to make me a better person to make me a more skilled person to give me more uh, perspective on the world but at the end of the day the byproducts of all that activity is a healthier ecosystem and more more wildlife because that's proven via the model we've said and i feed my family with that and i'm just trying to do what you're doing in a more tangible way you're hands off i'm hands on is the way that I would, would say that. And I respect the hands-off. I respect, like, the, the I'm cognizant of what's happening here, and I'm trying to make it better. I respect that.
0: I, I feel what you're saying, and I, I see what you're trying to do. But if I'm thinking through the eyes of a vegan, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> I'm being the nice guy, and you're being the dick. <laughs> well, that's, that's like vegans. A lot of them are dicks. Like, why can't I I go fuck, why can I fuck myself? Because you're why? killing and eating animals. You're killing animals. You fucking asshole! You think you oh, got a free pass? Just kill animals anytime you want. <laughs> you don't. Some of them. So I like
1: this devil's advocate side of you, Joe.
0: Thank you. Um, did you see M- Moby? You ever look at Moby's page? Never had. M- Moby never. has a wonderful Instagram page. Never but looked had at some, Moby. He something that was so preposterous the other day, and uh, I read the comments under it, and I was like, "This is so hilarious!" About eggs, and uh, <laughs> this is what it said. I mean, first of all, folks, is you come talking to a person who has chickens. Eggs are like the most karma-free thing. says, eggs cannot legally be labeled as healthy, nutritious, or safe to eat. (laughs) First of all.
1: This is true because eggs uh, are full of cholesterol and saturated fat. And because every year over 100,000 people in the U.S. contract salmonella from eggs, they cannot legally be advertised as healthy or safe or nutritious. Okay. First of all, that's not true.
0: Okay, I don't know why you posted that moby. You didn't look into it.
1: Is there something called first at, of all? At let's animal just equality.
0: how many people get salmonella from eggs every year. Because if it was a hundred thousand, <laughs> the fucking that should egg be in the news bro. would collapse so goddamn fast. So let's dismantle. All right, I got a please go ahead. Do that. Just dismantle this preposterous idea that a hundred thousand people get salmonella. Okay, here we go. Even with safety steps in place, it is estimated that about one in twenty thousand or one in ten thousand eggs are contaminated with salmonella. Wow, that's a lot. Is Moby right? Maybe. What is he? What did he say? Hundred thousand yeah, people he said, get it. He said he said. Right. What, but see if you could find how many people in the U.S. contract salmonella, okay. because if they find out that this salmonella in eggs. Are they finding out that's from uncooked eggs? Every year, about a million people get salmonella infected from foods that have been contaminated by one of the many kinds of salmonella. <gasps> Is he right? Okay, let's let's see if it's a hundred thousand people from eggs. How many people per year get salmonella from eggs? Where does it say salmonella in the United States? One hundred forty-two thousand people in the United States are infected each year with salmonella. Whoa, hold on. That says from chicken eggs. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute. 142,000 people in the United States are infected each year with salmonella from chicken eggs, and about 30 die. Dude, not only Here is Moby, not. Not only is Moby <laughs> right, but he's off <laughs> by 42,000.
1: Now you're going to be way more of a devil's advocate than mm. you were before. I'm going to hit you hard with
0: this
2: devil's advocate. Right, let's go. Hold on. What would you do, John? I don't have any egg oh, ar- I don't have any egg-related What That was, what was, it? That was that a specific argument. kind of Oh, okay. salmonella
0: specifically oh, yeah. from chicken eggs. Or- Salmonellosis. That's I guess what it is when you get it. So we found that this is true? 000, yep. Not only is it true, it's from 2010. Maybe it's different in 2018. Uh, 142,000 people in the United States are infected each year with salmonella enteritis enter, enter- endori- from chicken eggs and about 30 die. So he lost 30 pussies. In 2010, <laughs> an analysis of death certificate, joking. <laughs> My dad died for, I, I was joking. It's just a joke. It's comedy podcast. We're in the comedy section of iTunes. Uh, identified <laughs> 1,316 salmonella-related deaths from 1990 to 2006. Whoa. Whoa. Now. Thanks, Moby. But this is a problem. These fucking dummies are eating them raw. This is what I want you to Google. How nutritious are eggs? How about Google this? Because uh, there's a lot of ways to look at eggs this situation. My whole fucking life, I've never gotten salmonella. Look you look pretty yeah. good. You're doing fine. By the way, if you eat chicken raw, you get salmonella too. Stupid. You're not supposed to eat it raw. You're supposed to cook it. Okay. One egg has only 75 calories, but 7 grams of high-quality protein, 5 grams of fat, and 1.6 grams of saturated fat, along with iron, vitamins, minerals, and carotenoids. The egg is a powerhouse of disease-fighting <laughs> nutrients like lutein and zeaxanthin. Okay, Moby, so shut the fuck up. They're super, super nutritious for you. Just occasionally... Back off, Moby. Somebody gets salmonella. How about just cook your cook fucking your food, fucking eggs. bro? But here's where it gets really dark. Why don't you Google this? How many people <laughs> die every year from E. coli from vegetables? That's right. Because of a
1: shitload. Anti-corn. It's actually from... Um,
0: Farmed animals. It's actually from oh, agriculture runoff from the. Let's the Google shit. how
1: much methane comes from. <laughs>
0: <laughs> how much methane comes from vegans broccoli? Farts. Yeah,
1: mm, it's deadly. I like how. Uh, let's go back to this, like where you play the vegan and I am
0: hunter. Dude, it's fun. fun. Moby's so right. He's not just right. He's he's more than forty thousand. Ro- Moby, please uh, just. Six degrees of Moby. Edit, like, edit your post with
1: the correct you're number. You're right about, like, eggs are dangerous, bro. Don't yeah. eat them raw. a good die. Yeah, don't eat them raw, stupid. Okay, uh,
0: here it goes. CDC estimates 260 000, wow, 265,000 infections occur each year in the United States of E. coli. Wow. Yeah, 36% uh, are caused by E. coli 0157.87. Yeah, Dude, it's almost all from animal agriculture. Is almost all from, uh, from shit, from shit water. <laughs> here, types of E. coli that can cause illness can be transmitted through contaminated water or food through contract with animals or people. Yeah, but when they say contaminated water, what they really mean is that water is contaminated with shit from animal agriculture. I think almost entirely. What is uh, the what source? What is this timeline here? The is source a- of E. coli. W- p- p- Google this. Most prominent source of E. coli from in vegetables. I would guarantee you it's... Um, animal agriculture i mean if you see those gigantic factory yeah. farms and the runoff and
2: most prominent source of coli and vegetables is that what you said <laughs> <laughs> you're, just, <laughs> you're better at this than me you, just you can figure it I'm out just like, get get it joe you, just, you,
1: find, you
0: find it you find the evidence i'm trying to be i'm trying to be uh, fucking moby yeah i'm trying to be uh vegan i'm, I'm not arguing for the vegans i'm vegan i side. like
1: this i like this it's not hard to do no, you it's mean, not it's hard to do. It's, it's a respectable position, man. Yeah. It, it just is. What oh, it say? Okay.
2: It's, it's all three, actually. What does it, say? The, most it prominent, say? the thing that popped up is the most <laughs> common Google way it? to acquire E. coli infection is by Ground eating contaminated Ground beef,
0: unpasteurized food. milk, fresh produce. Yeah. And that fresh produce means not cooked. So if you get broccoli Yeah, or, you have like a... Yeah, just spinach. You're supposed to cook spinach. Celery. And that's the problem with romaine lettuce, right? Because romaine
1: mm-hmm. is nobody ever cooks that stupid fucking shitty lettuce.
0: <laughs> Fuck! I mean, if the world had no romaine lettuce, do you think you'd be okay? I think I'd be fine. My dad bitch.
1: calls it the hard lettuce. He's like, I don't want that hard lettuce. Yeah, Give, me I, well, like, uh, Give me the soft. Oh, I don't like. Give me the soft lettuce.
0: Iceberg is just a joke. It's just room for meat. I could be putting meat in my stomach instead of that shitty ass delicious, white, delicious clear elk. lettuce. Yeah. Listen, Bullshit I would say
1: to, I would say to you, Joe Rogan, vegan. Yeah, what I would I would say. You're a very handsome man. Like you seem healthy. You, you, healthy as fuck. You have an organic garden in your backyard? Uh no. 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 I got some shit I grow. Oh, okay. A little bit. A little bit. Not a lot. Get a lot of it from the store, to be honest with you. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. But I don't buy meat from the store. Like I I get I get to opt out of factory farming because I have a lot of wild game stuff in my house i have
0: definitely still bought meat from the store uh i buy way less of it and i eat meat almost every day yeah i buy way less but i'll still go to a restaurant and order steak yeah and i feel still, like this I'm is something that
1: people probably heard before but it's like the feeling of eating yeah. wild game meat is just different it's, it's, it's
0: way different it tastes different it's better for you it feels different it feels different for my body yeah you know I mean, I have. I remember watching this thing about Ted Nugent once. I was like, "How's that guy got so much fucking energy?" I mean, he's like sixty-five years old Spirit at the time.
1: Spirit of the wild. Well,
0: he's eating deer every day, all every day. day, all day. That I mean, is it love or hate that guy? There's a lot of power to his diet. And he's a good guy. You get to know him. He really is. Remember, we like people, people are saying to me like, "Like, how could you have Ted Nugent on the podcast?" I love him. How about that? Does he say things that I agree with 100% if of the you, time? No. I love if you've the ever
1: sat and talked to Uncle Ted, which, uh, you know, shit, I worked at the NRA for a while, and, like, I used to get assigned to the Ted Nugent uh, <laughs> talk that he gave at the NRA annual meetings. Like, uh, I was a, a writer for the NRA, and, like, worked for the digital websites, and... Um, I would get assigned to, like, the Ted Nugent seminar at the NRA annual meetings. I would go and sit in the back with Ted, and he would go, brud, brother. And he, yeah, he <laughs> gets crazy. He's like, not fake. He no. ain't faking that. No. That ain't, like, something he just puts on for the cameras. That's Ted. And, but he is smart, man. Like, he is, as you found out on that podcast, which I thought was amazing, like, that dude – is sharp as they come
0: you know what also he's reasonable and open to new information you don't want to think i turned you, him on yes. to? i turned him on to marijuana yeah you did okay this a first of all he's using cbd on a regular basis in fact if you go to ted Nugent official go to his fucking <laughs> uh his instagram he was actually he was advertising jumbo cbd that i hooked him up with yeah man. he was having some serious knee pains because he's had a You know, he was telling me about his days of rock and roll, jumping off of amplifiers, and he destroyed his meniscus. His knees are shot. I ran
1: into him, like, three years ago at a concert and went backstage, and we were chatting, and he had um, huge ice packs on each one of his knees, and he had just had surgery on one. I don't know what the surgery was for, but, like, he clearly, he was clearly in pain, and, like, he just looked, you know, run down. But then we went out in the crowd, he came on stage, and he looked like a 25-year-old rock guy.
0: Yeah. He fucking he's a hard-working man yeah i mean when when the time comes and the lights are on that guy goes after it and people are like so, so you support with the racist things you said or there's like no unfortunate you know whatever the fuck he said that you didn't like that either he shouldn't have said or maybe you didn't understand what he meant or maybe it's out of context anything that hurts anybody's yeah. feeling unfortunate and i don't support it but guess what we're all we all have unfortunate things about us that's yeah. just a fact of being a fucking human being and one of the parts one of the things that we're doing when we're screaming out and calling out someone and we want someone deplatformed and dismissed and never never to be heard yeah. from again we're worried. We're, we're part of us are worried that that's going to happen to us. We're worried that we would ever exhibit that sort of reprehensible behavior or language, and we we want to we want to put a stop to it in ourselves, in other people. We want to eliminate it from our society and culture. We want to do it harshly and ruthlessly, and we're terrified that it's going to be done to us. Yeah, you know, and there's a lot of people that make some fucking really terrible mistakes and i think there's got to be some sort of a path to redemption i really i really
1: believe that always because i meet you know in hunting i certainly don't meet the caliber of folks that you have in this room but like i meet these people in hunting and then i run around in the in these circles and and people are saying this person thinks this and have you seen that instagram post i don't believe in that and like knocking people down yeah and um i just think i know that person that's a good person you know and maybe he's not he or she is not depicting this in the way that you like it in this instance. But that's a g- good, well-meaning person. Right? People
0: are more than capable of mistakes, and we should be more than capable of allowing them redemption and forgiveness. Because we should want the same thing for yeah. us.
1: Should I be on this podcast right now and have said something in the last couple hours that was was terrible and? Like, I would hope the folks that know me would know that, like, this is a mistake. And as long yeah. as I own up to the mistake and say, hey, uh, it was in the moment, I, I apologize. Um, you had a little
0: bit of ride brain, a little bit of rap brain. brain, my
1: brain was going. Yeah. Um, I apologize for, for, for that thing. And it's not, that doesn't define me because that's a very scary and slippery slope to get down is like one moment in your life can't define you
0: it's also something that's really it seems way more recent this this idea that you know you want someone to never be heard from again yeah you know they 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 fucked up and they should never be heard from again and also i think and this is my own bias i think it's a product of a shitty way of distributing information that has existed all of our lives until recently and i feel like the long-form conversation Is the only way to get to know somebody. And when you sit, when I sat down with Ted, after the three hours of talk to him, like, I like this guy. I like him.
1: Well, like you always say, I love when I get off of a good podcast, when I, when I, there's like an episode of The Hunting Collective and I sit down with somebody and they're like, oh my God, this person is like, what they just brought to my life in two hours. I'm so fucking happy to have had that. Yeah. It's like a high you get. Yeah. It's a legitimate high because you don't, you say this all the time, you don't get to sit down in your life and take two hours or three hours with somebody and just talk and exchange ideas and disagree and agree and no distractions, no distractions. Yeah. And that like what that gives you. And if, if folks haven't done that, like that gives you something every, almost every time.
0: And it's the only way you get to know people. It's really, it's, it's very, I mean, I don't mean just through podcasts. I mean, in your life, I mean, if you don't have a podcast, sit sit down with someone and talk to them for several hours. Yeah. I mean, how how often do you do that with your wife? No, nah, man. It's fucking rare, you know? I mean, I have made a vested interest in long-form conversation, not just on the podcast, but in my life, really, over the last, like, five or six years.
1: Yeah, who better than you to, to say that and be like, this has informed the way that I think, the way that, like, it's impacted our society and our culture, this show, like... It's changed the way I feel about
0: people. Yeah. It's changed the way I feel about what what communication is like i ha- i have convenient perceptions of people i think we all do i yeah. conveniently go oh that guy's cool all oh, that guy's not or this girl's an asshole or whatever whatever my convenient perceptions of people i find that a lot of them are based on these br- brief interactions they're based on you know small amounts of information that's been distributed over long periods of time, and maybe one at one time I caught someone when they were hammered and they were being an <laughs> asshole, or maybe I was hammered, and I just I was annoyed by them, or well, who knows what it was, but to really understand who a person is, you have to sit down with them, I think. And just talk to them, and you have to do it for a long time, yeah, and it takes a long time, and you also observe their actions and observe them when they're tested, and yeah. observe them under duress and-,
1: and there's no way to get out of like get out of a long form conversation. You can't say like hey, I gotta go now yeah um i'm right. w- I'm out of my depth, all the things I said about myself, how great I was before this now I, you're you're opening up this chasm where I don't know the things I said I knew, but I could for a thirty second or one minute TV spot, I could train i could I could yeah read the lines and I could come off like I look like I know what I'm talking about there's no way to escape this this freaking thing I just thought about something like how fucked up would a show be (laughs) if you had just a
0: a husband and wife alone in a room with no one reacting to them right just them sitting down at a podcast and then that podcast gets broadcast to the world and the whole world gets to watch their fucked up dysfunctional relationship and how it plays out. All the weirdness. You know, The there's weirdness that you, you see around people and their wives Like oh, yeah. sometimes you have a couple of cocktails. The wife will say something really shitty and walk the off to shit, the bathroom. Like, it's like a like, cup that whoa. spills over. Like yes. you're just like
1: keeping all of it in the cup and then every oh once in a while you God. can't keep it in. You
0: yeah. can't keep it in. And then there's just like the guy does something douchey or the girl does something cunty or whatever the fuck it is. And then you're like, whoa it first
1: starts to it starts to trickle out in this passive aggressive way yeah. and then eventually if you're there long enough yes. it just becomes aggressive yeah. <laughs> there's if no around
0: them long enough if, and that's one of the things about alcohol it's so beautiful how that aggression just comes out of people <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay i got you tell me if you like this you tell me if you like this idea i had this idea the other day that's basically what we're doing right now is that i would do a show about ethics around like hunting and the outdoors and things but it would just be called drunk ethics, where I would just be drinking with people and having intelligent conversations that would increasingly get
0: more and more fucking weird, more yeah. fucking weird
1: and open because I'm getting yeah, we're it's getting created, drunk. Yeah. That's I mean, what I thought of people do.
0: Drinking. I,
1: I don't think, mind drinking. I'm drinking right now through this yeah, whole thing. We are too. Other than other than the fact that I had to pee, like yeah, it's been great.
0: Yeah, I, I'm not a I'm not anti-drinking. I think um, there's something to be gained from the the release of inhibitions. Yeah, you know, there's something that's. I mean there's a reason why it has such a strong place socially. Well plug world. for
1: Rybrain. I mean I'm you know, releasing inhibitions but also increasing brain function at yes. the same time. Your brain's so confused. Hashtag it's like what What? Hashtag what? Hashtag, right. Hashtag, huh? <laughs> Hashtag rybrain.
0: Um I th- think that would be a wicked podcast, though. Every week, you get together a couple that's been fighting, and you get them to go <laughs> over <good>. their, the <laughs> way they over. feel about things.
1: Maybe have a therapist in the room, something Fought like that. Fuck the therapist. No, those therapist. Those people ruin everything. That's true.
0: People who fight should just break up. <laughs> they just duke it out until they can't take it anymore, and then just, just go with the way of Ben Affleck and JLo. Uh, just fall.
1: For oh, a short fine. period of time, you were in just love.
0: Let it hit the rocks. Move on, folks. Don't you want to have a new person in your do life? You, like, do you have any,
1: <laughs> listen, do you have any, like, um, marriage advice? Like, I've been married for coming up on five years. I have a two-year-old. My wife wants to have more children. I just bought a new house, living in a brand-new house in a new town. Well, like,
0: You've you got a lot of things
1: going on that are pressure points, it's right? Like living the American dream a little yeah. bit. I'm bit. very happy with my family. They're wonderful people. I love them. But, like, I want to sustain this. I have yeah. a great thing I'd like to put my arms around and keep. It. It's like, God, right. ah, this is so great. I don't want it to, to go away.
0: Well, just that attitude alone, your, your awareness of how special it is, you know, you are doing the thing that everybody thinks of when they think about, like, fulfillment in life. You're raising a child. You're having children. Yeah. You're, you know, you're engaged in this intense relationship with another human being. We've created a person. All those things, are, those are giant, man. Those are giant. And also, you're engaged in an activity that 50% of the people fail at. <laughs> <laughs> and then they fail at it. It fucking goes good down luck. hard, man. It goes down hard. It's screaming and swearing yeah, and of lawyers.
1: All, of all the levels of failure in life, like yeah. there's nothing more, no failure more impactful than a divorce. I I've think. met, I've, I mean, I've had so many friends that have been fired
0: from jobs, and it's not fun. It's not good, but they bounce back. Yeah, you bounce back. They, the, I've seen guys lose who they are from divorce i've seen it happen um i've talked about this too many times but it's a true story i have a friend who has been divorced to a woman for 14 years he's been married to a new one for 12 he has a family he has children with this new woman it's over with the old one he still pays her every year and they have no children because he fucked her so hard she can't work. <laughs> <laughs> it's because it's crazy because the laws are insane. The laws uh, are insane. They don't make any sense. <laughs> we're not talking about a, a woman who is like 80 years old and can't work anymore either. We're, yeah. we're talking about a completely, yeah. you know, viable human being. Dude, uh, it's bananas. It, it is bananas for that to
1: flip. Like you said, when when back to like the I do thing. Like when you mm-hmm. say I do, there's never. I did have a buddy who, when he said I do, and they turned around, she looked mad. And he looked scared. Ah! You know? <laughs> Why was she mad? I probably that, that she you didn't, say it, right. yeah, didn't, say, you didn't that. say it right. Yeah, well, you didn't say it. Didn't say it right. Why just say that?
0: I want to be like a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Hey yes. And some people just don't, they're not supposed to be together, but they think they should be with somebody. Yeah. So they find somebody and they yeah. talk that someone into doing something fucking insane, yeah. like signing a legal contract that <laughs> says you're going to be together forever and ever till death.
1: But see, like what my problem is a very lucky problem that I've got something that, that at least in its like early years, has seems to be the right thing, right? <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's
0: Love you, I honey. Tell.
1: Love you, honey. Hope you ain't listening. Woo. What are the odds she
0: made it this far? What are we, two hours and two. what? 30 minutes? Yeah, she ain't she's,
1: she's, she's 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 got a 2-year-old by herself yeah. at home. She ain't Bro, to that. She checked out a long time ago. But I like, you know, my challenge right now is I think about life, I'm like I got this wonderful beautiful thing. Yeah. And I'm just distressed that I'm going to fuck it up.
0: Well, that is um, always the stress. And I think that's one of the reasons why a lot of marriages fail is because of this in- intense pressure of the relationship. You know, like, there's a finality, and, and I understand the need for this finality, right? There's a need for this contract and that everything locked down. If you're a woman, you can't, like, you're, when you're raising children, you need help, right? You need yeah. the man to be there to help you raise it, hopefully, yeah. but you also need financial help. It's difficult. You know, it's it's this is all, it makes sense that there, a woman would want to lock things in yes. like that. It makes sense. It's also a weird cultural tradition, right? It's this weird thing that we have this law, like we we bring the law involved into relationships. And it's... It's very strange, like legal contracts. Yeah. And some of them are fucking preposterous, right? <laughs> like sometimes you see a guy who looks like Rupert Murdoch, right? And he's got this banging wife and she's like 30 years old yeah. and she's got big tits. Or how about Harvey in, Weinstein and his wife?
1: She, she's you know? in it for the right reasons. And
0: you're like, hey, son, I, I see what happened here.
1: <laughs> but he sees it too. He can't yeah, be, but he's not of blind. Course. He sees That's, it too. It was his whole business. When they say I do, they're like, well, okay. Well, yeah. This is, when where, you have a dis-
0: disgusting troglodyte. Type, you know, just <laughs> gelatinous looking, job of the hut looking man and a, a beautiful hot young wife, because the guy's got fucking cajillions. That's a normal thing. Don't and they're put both up any enter-
3: pictures.
0: <laughs> Don't <laughs> put up any pictures.
1: <laughs> but they're both going those folks there was were both going into that knowing like, hey, look, this isn't a traditional or pairing. Knows? Maybe he was really sweet with her and
0: that's all she needs. Yeah. Maybe she's just this rare soul that if he had $5 in his pocket, she'd be super happy with him. Doubt could it. be. Fucking doubt it. I would doubt it as well. Doubt it as f- like a motherfucker. I'll fucking doubt, doubt it. it. Fucking doubt it. Um, yes. It's a preposterous union in the first place. It's Listen, there's some relationships that you could define as legal prostitution. They are absolutely legal prostitution. A woman has made a determination that she will let this f- sloth yes. shoot fluid into her vagina. <laughs> On an intermittent basis, yes. if she could be bathed in diamonds and drive a Ferrari and live in a mansion, this is a normal part of life.
1: Some people would say, and I might even say, like as long as they're consenting and they're both aware that's going on, then well, that would be a good argument for prostitution as well, though, wouldn't it? It's a bit of a transaction, I guess. I don't know. It's a transaction. Yeah, I guess it you're, is a you're, transaction. Yeah, I guess when you look well, down well, at it, it's right that way. I've always said, why is it okay to
0: give someone a massage? You can give someone a massage, but you can't, you can't even jerk them off. <laughs> like <laughs> it's not legal. That's weird. The government decides who can touch your penis, and you, uh, like if the the massage therapist said, "Hey, <laughs> the, I really enjoy giving you a massage. Let's go somewhere afterwards of my own free will, and I'll jerk you
1: off." I'd be like, "That'd be fine. That's, fine. that's fine. Yeah, you're right. You just can't do it right." But in there. the confines of the massage parlor, you unless can't do it's it. a public health issue,
0: imagine if, like <laughs> if loads smelled like gunshots, and you were. <laughs> You go to Massage Power. It smells like a shooting range. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is going on in this place? This is a dirty massage place. I am, I'm out. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if loads smell smelled like uh, sulfur. Like, Jesus, the devil's coming out of you, boy. The devil.
1: Purify that
0: man. Yeah. I mean, so there's a lot of laws that are ridiculous. But there's...
1: There seems to be some Someone sort here is the marriage advice I'm looking for. <sighs> I got it.
0: Maybe it was what we were talking about earlier. Maybe it's long form conversations. Having yeah. long conversations with each other.
1: Having long respect, like respecting the fact that you can't get through some of this yeah. stuff in a very short time. I've, I've always said, like, I appreciate a nice road trip for that reason. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you can Yeah. You're hanging I, out
0: with each other for long periods of time.
1: Yeah. Like, I'd much rather... The stress of an airport with a kid and a wife is not... I'd much rather just drive it mm-hmm. and take the time because you get this, like connection if you can get the phones out of the way yep. for the passengers you just get this connection that you wouldn't get otherwise yeah doing things together that are unique that that helps you know yeah e- experiencing
0: things together but also you also have to both have the mindset that you enjoy each other's company yeah and you want to make it work good yeah i mean some people just don't man <clears throat> and this is I mean, we've all seen that happen right we've all seen relationships where the girls just like check please yeah and the guy's like bb I'm different,
1: but it's I'm a fifty. Like you said, it's a fifty fifty thing. So, like you yeah. have been married for quite some time, and and we were talking about prior when we were shooting our bows out there. Like you're, you know, like there's things you've done to to make it work. Like you like your wife, and she likes you, and it, it works, and it's been working for a long time. And like the percentages say, that's that's. Would you say fifty fifty is? Is it's Chris a,
0: Rock had a great joke about it? He said he goes fifty percent of the people leave. He goes, he goes, but. How many cowards just stay? <laughs> <laughs> Look, relationships don't always work, but here's the thing. You don't always know who the fuck you are. Yeah. And I'm a different person than I was five years ago. Yeah. I just am. I'm, yes. I'm, I'm, I, yes. I hope I'm a better person. I'm trying very hard to be a better person. I certainly know more about myself. I understand myself better. This is a long, slow process i think we are all a work in progress that's right and not everybody engages in this work so you could be a a person who's on this path of you know being present and and trying to be kinder and trying to improve and then you have a spouse male or female that just shits on you and i've seen that too man i've seen me too really brutal toxic relationships where they insult and, and say rude things around your friends to try to fuck with you and and people get into these these relationships where they where they genuinely hate each other yeah but they're stuck together
1: and what that does to children too because i I, I tell my dad i wrote my dad this letter recently this is getting real deep hour number three of the podcast we get real deep we're pro nuance um i i even sent it to my dad but he won't listen to this but I wrote this letter that was like, listen, man, because I I had seen recently, like, his developing relationship with my son, and, like, it shot, it, it put this thought in my head that, you know, my relationship with my dad, like, his caring for me, the fact that he stayed with my mom, and they developed this, like, place for me to grow and nurture me and allowed me to become a person in that environment, like, it was a North Star for me when then I left that environment. Like, I always, I never wondered what my path was going to be. I always could look up and be like that bond that I developed with my family, their love for me is like the thing that I'm always, you know, I'm looking back to but also looking forward to because that's what defines me. And Mm. regardless of what I do, I can always fall back on that, that my dad loves me, my mom loves me, I love them. And I grew up like with this strength of soul because I knew I don't have, I have friends that came from the same place that I did, same town I did in Maryland that OD'd on heroin. They lived in the same little suburb, suburbia community that I did. They had parents that were the same age. They went to the same high school. They lived in the same environment. They went down one way. I went down another. And I truly do feel that that me going down that way was is the way that my parents like built this structure around me that was always around that bond and that love and the things that that's they. That's very very
0: fortunate. Yeah, that's very fortunate. And I, and
1: that's what and that, that me being able to later on in life see how fortunate I was to have that drove me to not fail and to not let like whatever other failures creep into my life around you know maybe i'll take drugs i have a lot like a lot of friends place i grew up in maryland there's a lot of people that succumb to drugs and alcohol and things like that a lot of friends die
0: yeah baltimore is a rough spot
1: yeah man um i come from a town called hagerstown maryland i don't know why i say like come from a town um but the Western Maryland is kind of it's a corridor for interstate 70 and interstate 81 and there's a lot of drugs there and there's a lot of my friends that are either in jail or no longer around um, there are a lot of successful ones too but th- but that happened to me yeah and I was able to be I was able to look at that moment and be like I came from the same place they did the same environment the same friends the same um, the same activities we all hunted and played sports and we all you know we hung out together i went one way they went another way do you, you attribute know? that entirely to your
0: parents or is it possible that it's like who you chose to hang out with as well and the activities you engaged in because i ah, unfortunately i know people that were good parents yeah that had kids that od
1: yeah and listen i can't I'm, that's i'm not trying to generalize in any way about you know any one situation my situation was that i could always i felt like and i told my dad at some point in my life where i said um i went to him and i was like maybe 20 or 19 and i said i'm gonna get all a's now i'm done fucking around like because i was a c plus student you know i was the dumbest kid in the smart class through high school and there was there was a time in my life where i realized that like i had to pay back what my parents and my grandparents and my family had done for me because i knew that they'd given me something that not everybody had and i knew I was like, I know that I have to pay this back, and I got to stop messing around now and go and do something.
0: That's interesting because y- they did a great job then because sometimes what happens when people were raised with a giant safety net of love, yeah, they become unambitious. Yeah, and They become...
1: I think I was close to that. Mama's boys. I was close to that a little bit like fall like I'm, oh, I'm going to community college and smoking a lot of weed and, and uh, But that could uh, just be you just trying to have a good time. Yeah, yeah. No, but I, there was a time in my life, there was a legitimate time in my life where I said my dad, I don't remember it, but my dad remembers it, where I just came to him like, "All right, it's over now. It's time for me to just buckle down and get it done."
0: Well, the difference between a child that you're taking care of and then someone who has to be on their own is 10 years. Right, yeah. an eight-year-old. No one expects an eight-year-old to take care of themselves. But an eighteen-year-old, time to get your shit together. That's <laughs> yeah. fucking quick. That's man. a hard concept. That's quick.
1: It's a hard concept. It's
0: it's it's unbelievably hard. And unless you introduce that child to hard work and yeah. the rewards of hard work in their in their life. You're probably going to set them up for some kind of failure. I was extremely fortunate that I found martial arts while I was at my biggest struggle in my teenage years. And I found something that was insanely difficult, but the highs, the rewards were like nothing I'd ever experienced in my life. So I realized like, okay, to get really good at something, you have to be able to put in the kind of energy that most people are not willing to do. And that's what separates you from them to find a discipline, put a massive amount of energy and focus into that discipline and then be obsessed with it. Then the rewards come. If you analyze it correctly and pursue it with everything that you have, you're going to figure out how to get better as long as you don't get really fucked up along the way. And there was a real possibility of that. So what I realized early on and very lucky was that all these people that I saw around me that were engaging in all this really risky behavior, really crazy violence and drugs and all, what they were doing was looking for thrills. Yeah. That's what they were doing. But they were looking for thrills in a, a, an easily accessible way. It yeah. didn't require discipline. It didn't require years and years of training and focus and commitment. It didn't require that. What I was doing was something, and I was just lucky that I found this thing. I just didn't want to get bullied. I didn't yeah. want to get picked on. I was I was little. I wasn't yeah. a big kid. You
1: exerting like some control over your life. That
0: well, I was yeah. just real. I was like I, I was like I can't fucking do this. I'm tired of like being scared of people. I'm tired of this dude giving me this the fucking tough guy look, and I gotta <laughs> yeah. go the other way because I'm scared. I just didn't want to be that. I didn't want to be that. Um, so that carried on with me for my whole life. Yeah. But I've seen so many people that didn't find a discipline and they just bounce around like a cork at sea forever. Yeah, man. It's one of the reasons why I push it so much. I'm just like whatever the fuck it is that you can do, that you like to do, that's competitive like one of the things about competition is not just that you prove i'm the fucking man no what it is is hard it's fucking competition is one of the hardest things because if someone's trying to do it and you're trying to do it it's like how much do you want it how much more do you want it than they want it? that's right and that's that becomes this crazy fucking battle internally as well as externally yeah but
1: you say like all the time say pressure creates diamonds right yeah and in my case um i i realized that i didn't I realized somewhere in my life that, like, there, I have the opportunity to – there's not enough pressure, right? Mm. I have this, like, soft – like you said, soft thing to fall back on, which is, like, you know, middle-class family. that They'll probably let me live there in their basement for <laughs> as long as I a lot of want. guys right now yeah. that can relate. Yeah. Hey, right. So, yeah, but it's like I had the opportunity to do that, but I think I just realized that part of the reason I wanted to push forward and do, and, and find something that I was passionate about is because I knew that I had a choice – I had a I had a choice that I could do. I could try to do something different or I could fall back on what I'd been given and I felt that what I'd been given was significant enough to my life that I owed it. Yeah. I owed it something. I owed it to 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 drive toward whatever happiness I could find. Right. And it was it was that the the stability of my family life and it wasn't perfect but it was it was pretty good and Rather than sink into that, I was like, I'm going to just push, push through that and use that as fuel. Well,
0: that's intelligence, you know. I mean, you have an awareness. You you, you figured out what you can do and what what where this can go wrong, and you you yeah. recognized it and you decided to make some changes.
1: Not you know, and I'm sure I'd, like it'll have ups and downs. But hunting is is a thing that enriched my life, truly did. And, and as much as it is problematic in the way that's presented in society and the way that that um, people see it. When they look at it through like a shallow lens, um, I can say truly that it's enriched my life in ways I'll never be able to like truly. Like I met you through it, like I met a lot of people. I met,
0: I've, I've met a lot of good people through. Yeah, it. This man. This is what people that that again. The problem is. Looking at it from the outside versus experiencing it the people that you're meeting these are people that are doing something That's insanely difficult, and it doesn't seem like it is for a lot of folks. You look on the outside Like what do you what's so difficult shooting an innocent animal? Bow hunting which is what you and I mostly do is one of the most difficult things I've ever done in my life And I've done a lot of difficult shit. It's fucking difficult It's incredibly difficult and the people that you meet are not just disciplined but they're in great shape. You have to be like there's a physical exertion aspect to it that's yeah. completely ignored and misunderstood, or it, people are ignorant of it. Not that it's ignored; um, they just don't understand it. It's it's almost like an athletic pursuit that sustains life. Yeah, it's very very. There's a reason why Cam Haynes is out there running marathons <laughs> and ultra marathons. Probably running so he's right really, now. He's huh. I mean he's not just doing that because he enjoys fitness, and he most certainly does. He's doing that because it helps him as a hunter. It does. And that, to a lot of people, they're like, wait, what are you talking about? Like, that doesn't make any sense. I've, I've yeah. seen hunting.
1: Yeah. I mean, if you listen to this podcast and you never hunted, like, I would not encourage you to go and, and find these people on the internet, on the social medias and things, and understand that each one of them represents, in my opinion, a layer of hunting right yeah. john dudley represents to me i mean he's a wonderful human being but he, like at his core on social media he represents the expert archer yes that's a layer of hunting that you need to have if you're going to be successful cam haynes represents the physically fit hunter and that's a layer that you need to have if you're going to be ultimately successful like remy warren represents like the ultimate predator being able to think about it like an animal does and move like an animal does and and that's a layer that you have to have if you're going to be ultimately successful. And Steve Renella represents the, the great thinker, the great, you know, theorist. Um, and all these are like layers that you have to have at some level to be a good hunter, to be the best hunter.
0: So like, to be successful consistently. Yeah. You, you have to know so much. And one, one of the things when I got into it, that was interesting that Steve said to me, he said, uh, you're going to really like this because it has so many layers to it. It's like, there's, there's a, it's a lot of, uh, yeah room to learn and grow
1: and you never can master it no you can't
0: you can, especially bow hunting yeah can, what are the possibilities you're going to run into the same scenario over <laughs> and over and over and over again never yeah. I mean you get lucky a couple of years in a row but eventually you're going to run into some sort of a situation where the wind catches you yeah. or some, something goes wrong. You step on a tree branch and snaps.
1: And it's, it's one, it's hard. like it, it teaches you accountability too, because when you release an arrow, yeah. you are, you, you can say whatever you want. And I've had all these situations where I've arrow has landed in place. I didn't mean it to. And um, it teaches you accountability. Yeah. It teaches you ultimate accountability. Because when you release that arrow, there's not you can't go get it back. And if it hits the animal in a place and wounds it and that animal suffers, it is on you. 100%. And there is no way to get out of it. There's no way to get out of that feeling. And I've, I've had, I don't know about you, but I've had like months, months, like six months of just like, I don't want to overstate it. It's not hyperbolic, but like just really a lot of pain around like I did that and I it was my fault. I got lazy. I was presumptive. I got too confident. I just screwed up in the moment. I don't know what happened, but I've sent a very sharp object into the rump of a big elk and it ran off and never to be seen again.
0: Well, the consequences of that one motion, the one movement that's going to release that arrow are so significant yeah. that it fucks with your head. It does. And that's where, what we were talking about. You know, we've talked about this many times with target panic. That's what that yeah. is. That's the realization of the anticipation of the moment and the consequences, the understanding of the potential negative consequences. And they're overwhelming yeah. and they haunt you.
1: They and do. Like, don't and fuck that's... this
0: up. Don't fuck this up. And then you never should think, don't fuck this up. Yeah. And to me, there's massive parallels with ma- martial arts, but also with per- with playing pool. Like, if you're about to shoot a that's ball and you I was say, don't, bring don't miss, up, yeah. don't miss, don't miss, don't miss. You're going to fucking miss. <laughs> <laughs> that
1: fucking white ball I ain't going to go where you want. But also, there's no part of pool that, like, you. if the ball goes where you didn't intend it to an animal gets maimed. Right,
0: right. The consequences are so much higher.
1: So you can equate the consequences in your mind to be successful because at some level you have to, right? It has to be an important motion for you to to really care to do it right. But there's real – and that's why I say like one of the reasons why I I continue to do what I do is because this thing is complex and I see other people's confusion around it and I appreciate their confusion and I understand that it's hard to get. And I, I desperately want to find ways to, like, to make it easier.
0: An analogy would be <clears throat> for pool. Imagine if every time you played pool, you uh, waited days and days for one shot. Yeah. And you didn't know what the shot would be. And sometimes you had to shoot it quickly. And if you missed and didn't make the shot, an animal would scream out in agony yeah. and die a slow death. And you would be sick for months. That's when you think about how difficult it is to perform under that moment, the the, the this this intense pressure yeah. of the one moment. It's, it's like nothing else. It
1: stresses me out just thinking about it because it, it is it's real life, though. Like, yeah. it's, um, I think Steve Ranella probably said it at some point, or you did, or somebody really smart did. this. like it's a three dimensional experience. It includes like riding a roller coaster is thrilling, but the third dimension isn't there. Because when you get off, nothing happened really. Right. You got the thrill, but there was no consequence of the thrill. And really, that's kind of the point of buying a ticket to ride on a roller coaster, You're getting a thrill without having to take part in anything substantial. With hunting, you there is thrills. There's fun. You, everybody's seen videos of dudes hooping and hollering and hugging. You and I have done it around the killing of an animal. It's not that, because I always ask myself like some really key questions, like why is killing gratifying? Like what's what's the answer to that? Really, what's the answer to that? And I was like, man, that's going to be hard to explain. There's a bunch of things going on. Going to be hard to explain.
0: One to someone who doesn't know what it is. One thing that's going on is you just accomplish something that's insanely hard to do, and you're relieved that the yeah. animal died, and that relief manifests itself in uh, exuberance. You, you 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 high five. You hug. You like go? You go? Fuck yeah! But you're you're happy that it happened that yeah. it, it died quickly. That's yeah. that's a big part of it. that yeah. is a, that is a part of it.
1: Yeah, and I'm I've I'm, made this like post on social media yesterday around like grip and grins. Grip and grins, man. Yeah,
0: you're you're anti grip and grin for a long time. It <laughs> became <laughs> a big sticking point.
1: It did. Explain a grip and grin for the uneducated. Uh, we were talking about. I was talking about this about we're gonna try to write an article for themediator.com about it. But um, a grip and grin is there's. I mean, there's, this goes back many, many years. I mean, it goes back to Teddy Roosevelt. It goes back to the turn of the century market hunters, like the photos we showed earlier. I mean, it, it, taking a photo with the thing you just killed is, is no new thing to us. It's as old as photos. As old as photos. Grip and grin just means you're with the animal, you're gripping its antlers or gripping a part of the animal, and you're smiling and, and you're happy that you did that. Um, what I think, what I, what I say about grip and grins is that it's been weaponized, right? We Everybody that's listening to this may has likely seen
0: the girl with the giraffe, the
1: girl with the giraffe, the guy with the lion, the girl mm-hmm. like the other girl with the, the the giraffe, the guy with the baboons. Like, like it's been weaponized, and it's 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 been weaponized to a point where it's the thing, the first thing that somebody like say like Ricky Gervais might he finds this thing online. He eats meat, by the way. He does. How about that? How about that?
0: How about that? Have you ever had him on here? No, but I talked to him on Opie and Anthony. He's a nice guy. <clears throat> I,
1: I remember listening to that.
0: Hunting, if they eat the meat,
1: yeah, and it's like so. So we've weaponized the term trophy. We've weaponized the grin thing, and, and the overall um society. And we know, I know that hunting is a, a. If hunting was a business, not a lot of people would buy stock in it. I mean, it. There's less people doing it. It's less relevant to society. And the weapon that a lot of folks are using that don't like it is this photo. And the photo depicts a person smiling next to or over top of a dead animal. And so at its face, it absolutely says I'm happy that there's a dead animal in front of me.
0: It's not enough information for such yes. a significant moment.
1: And that's what so what I've said around like around the photo is it happened for a very long time but then social media became a deal, right? And during the 80s and 90s, grip and grins were like I remember going to like my first trade shows as a kid or and people would have, like, flip books of grip and grins. Mm. They would, like, get them out and be like, you see what I <laughs> killed this year? Before, before cell phones or whatever, yeah. they would bring them out and be like, look at that. Look at all the yeah. things I killed. And it was like this, this, this communication between hunters that was legit. Like, I, they, I know what a grip and grin is. I'm not questioning it. But then social media becomes prevalent. And people start posting these photos to everyone where they can't control the messaging anymore. And it's, it's one of the easiest things, one of the most oxymoronic things to go pluck from hunting and be like, don't understand this. This looks fucked up. Let me apply that to trophy hunting and let me damn this person for this photo. And so.
0: With that lady with the goat recently. Yeah.
1: <coughs> Invasive species.
0: Yeah. Uh, on an island where they have to kill it. It's killing all yeah. all the native
1: wildlife. Yeah. But then later on, they find that there's a photo of that young lady with a bloody dildo with goat blood on it. What? Did you not hear about that part? What? Yeah, we're going to have to get that on the old Google machine. What? Yeah, that's a tough subject for three hours in, but that happened. Um, what do you mean? Just pull, just pull okay. it up. Something's hard for me to explain. This There was like a some sort of bachelorette party or something, and that young lady, the same lady that was in the Scotland, correct? Yes. Um, with the goat was also photographed with a bloody dildo. Goat blood? I believe so.
0: What was she trying to say? I don't know. Maybe she's just partying.
1: She could have been just having okay. a great time.
0: What if there's a photo with me <laughs> with a
1: bloody dildo? You would go, figures. I got damn Rogan. Look <laughs> at that jambo. He's he, getting that jambo. What doing with that dildo? He's had too much rye brain. I okay. hope I'm right about that. I hope I didn't just make that up. No, but we've discussed that internally at, at, uh, a bunch. Jamie, <clears throat> say hit me up, Jamie.
2: What's up? It's, it's, a, it's like the fist thing it oh. doesn't look like a it's not like a dildo like you're thinking of oh it's like it's a, a fist dildo is yeah. it uh um, is even more... are you not going to show us well yeah i can show you guys <laughs> <out. Just laughs>
1: keeping it to himself there you go okay that that's that that's the thing
0: okay oh it's just it's a fist is that for fisting
1: i this says hunter and hunter blah blah, blah, blah slam for photo with for. dead sheep bloody sex toy okay. um
0: news. okay that's fox news huh so that's Recently, is this recent? When is this? Yeah, this is st- November 21st.
1: This
2: oh, is yeah, really this
0: recent. Is recent, so it's quite a few months after the uh, initial image was. Yeah, 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 so this is a different animal she's with. It looks like some. Yeah, like, she's
1: got what she's got there is looks like okay. an ibex, and then she's got what looks like a moof. Another dead
0: animal on British soil. um She posed with a sex toy and the dead sheep. Well maybe there's some context to it i mean maybe it was
1: a, a i don't like i said i don't maybe not, she lost a bet it doesn't look good let's just say that
0: yeah uh in the maybe context her though,
1: husband said listen
0: <laughs> if you do shoot one this is what you have to do
1: yeah uh, maybe photos. there was a bet that's i don't know any <laughs> of the details around but that photo is just like the baboon one just it's don't look good what are you saying jamie I'll
2: let you read
0: it okay it says Gearing said that the marital aid had been given as a birthday present but said Swiftlick how do you say her name Swidlick 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 sort of was rude and arrogant throughout the trip Who's Gearing uh, I think
1: must have been the, her international host maybe
0: She's she's she on the trip with her
2: oh, I was Gearing on the was trip one, with one of the her. women
0: on the trip yeah. Okay well, that sounds like two chicks didn't get along. Marrowly. I like to hear her side of it. It was
1: a bit of fun during the party. Right. Oh, marital aid. Okay, the but marital had no aid idea. had
0: been given as a birthday present.
1: Well, okay. I have no idea why it was brought out the following day on the hunt. It was an appalling thing to do, a complete show of disrespect to the animal she, did, she has just well, killed.
0: Well, the animal doesn't know because yeah. it was dead. And I don't – I mean, it's weird, but I don't, you know – I don't know if I'm horrified by it. I'm not friends with her any longer. In fact, she's the reason I left the hunt early because I was so against what she stood for and her moral. Okay, I don't want to read this. Yeah, and I, I that, don't know, who, chicks,
1: chicks, ladies. Man. I love you. I don't but, like. I uh, don't know that person. You, you
0: get cunty with each other.
1: <laughs> I've never met that person. I don't know them, but that uh, yeah. happens. Like that, yes, this is just an example of who knows the weaponizing of these situations where.
0: Somebody dildos <laughs> get
1: pulled out and everybody gets
0: upset. <laughs> Woo!
1: I Every did, time. Um, I did not know about that, though. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it's interesting. Well, that's uh, one. One example. Yeah. but But that's, that, that's what ends up happening around these images. Now, yeah. when I posted this thing the other day, half people would say, like, don't stop doing what you're doing if you feel it's right and you feel respectful as a hunter and you're telling the entire story, and one, part of that story is to sit behind the animal and smile and and signify how great you feel about it, then go for it. Exactly. That's what you should be doing. Don't let someone else change your behavior. The other side of things is like every hunter has a chance to impact somebody that doesn't go hunting. Every hunter, there's 11 million hunters. They have a chance to impact the millions and millions of folks who aren't exposed to hunting at any point in their lives. And so I can see, I can really see both things. But for me, it's, it's, it's an issue of, if I want hunting to continue in the way that it does, and I want my social media privileges to, to to make hunting better, I would probably choose not to put that out there unless it was in the context I felt very comfortable with.
0: That's very fair. It's that's not just fair; it's honest, and um, it makes sense. But obviously, if you had those photos and you showed them to someone like me who's hunted, it wouldn't bother me at all. I'd be like, oh, yeah. you got a nice deer! Congratulations. It's all about context. It's yeah. all like
1: I could slide it across the table to you or text it to you, and you would say. Cool man. Congratulations. You and I have
0: been on several hunts. Yeah. We know what it's like. We 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 there's no we don't have to explain what it yeah. is. The problem is it's like fast food for an idea. Yeah. You're just it's a tiny little thing. It's not real. You're not you're not getting the full context of where the food came from or yeah. how the animal was raised and how it was killed and turned into a burger. You're just getting the burger real yeah. quick. And this is like what you're getting with the photo. You're just getting a photo. Yeah, you're not I, getting the full context of the experience that led up to you shooting this deer that might be like this 200-inch mule deer that's the deer of a lifetime. You have this giant smile on your and face. You're like, ah, Because you can't it. believe you outwitted this old monarch of the forest yep. and, and put an arrow in his uh, his, his ribcage
1: For sure. And yeah. I and I I think that that's a totally legitimate way to express your hunting. For me, if you were to ask me today, I would say I would probably not give anybody the chance to misrepresent my shit.
0: I don't put pictures like that up anymore. You for don't the very re- yeah. same reason.
1: But I, I don't have in the past. But I put a lot of elk meat
0: up. Ooh,
2: I put a lot of. That's
1: that's for me. It's like I I put the meat up. I put all the yeah. whole story up. Mm-hmm. But if I was to say like I always I said in the very beginning of the whole me not liking grip and grin's conversation. I said, if, if someone had said, Ben, can you give that up for the betterment of hunting? Like, could you just give that one thing up that's traditionally, it's been done for decades where, where a guy kills a thing and sits in front of it. Yeah. Would you be willing to give that up if for some way, shape or form, even if you didn't agree with it, it made for a better hunting to not hunter to non-hunter relationship. I'd be like, fuck yeah, man. Yeah. I'm down for that. Yeah. And so I think that's what the conversation is now is trying to, to determine is that the best thing or not I, I'm, I'm not sure i have the answer to it
0: i think for anybody who's listened to this three-hour conversation and sort of gets an understanding of where we're coming from they'll appreciate that there's a lot of thought involved here for anybody that sees that photograph of you smiling with a dead bear they're not going to appreciate that no. it's going to be real quick and they're going to have this how many people are willing to sit here and listen to this whole conversation and get conversa- to get a conversation to get an understanding rather of, of how your mind works yeah and how you think about things not nearly as many as we'll look at a photo and go, that guy's a cunt, you know, and that's <laughs> yeah. the Ricky Gervais tactic, You're right? right? Uh, yeah. As much as I do enjoy R- Ricky's comedy, and when he looks at these things, like that, first of all, that fucking giraffe one that, giraffe one, that giraffe one was super complicated, and Glenn Greenwald and all these other people, they sicked a lot of people on that lady. That giraffe had to be killed. That giraffe apparently had killed at least two or three giraffes, young yeah. bulls. And it was a non-viable male. And they made it out like it was this rare giraffe. But It's rare because it's old. It, it was dark because yeah, the darker ones are old, older yeah. ones. But,
1: but then we, that's, we always get down these rabbit holes. These things. Mm-hmm. Somebody says, I'm mad about this photo. And yep. the next thing we know, we're debating the age of a fucking single giraffe. Exactly. Like it matters. It's I, like, yeah. it does matter, but it doesn't matter to the extent that they try to make it. They so. don't understand what they're looking at. But they are looking
0: at something that they find displeasing. Yes. And and that's, you're right about that. And I
1: find it displeasing as well. I'm like, when I see that, I'm like, listen, I'm not a giraffe hunter. I've never been to that part of Africa. I don't know that person. But just to look at that, I feel the same way as everyone else. Because giraffes
0: are awesome. Yeah. The thing about giraffes, I had a bit about them in my act. Like, they're the only animal that looks fine with being in the zoo. Yeah. Yeah. They're like another day with no lions, Ooh, and do? they're just strolling around. Like you can babies feed giraffes. My yeah. fucking daughter, when she was two, I held her up, and she had a piece of leaf, and she put it out there, and the giraffe comes over. It's the only just wild animal that they let babies feed. Yeah, they don't let little kids feed polar bears. There's a fucking <laughs> reason. That the polar, bears go, if you, let polar us- bear would fuck your. Polar bear would
1: be dining on fingers. Yeah, give me your arm. You know? Yeah, man. So, I I get. You're right. No, you're right. It makes, I try. I just, I, it I, makes sense. I, I want it to be better. I want the conversation between, not between Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais acts like an asshole in this context.
0: He, he enjoys getting angry at people, but in his defense, the stereotypical hunter that is in his mind, what he's fighting
1: against, yeah. is an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah, and but, I would agree and I would be like, dude, I agree with you. Most yeah. hunters agree with you. Some it's, fat
0: guy wants to fly to Africa and shoot a, an elephant and is not even going to eat it. Yeah. And like he just wants it because he's getting the big eight. Yeah, well, like, there's <laughs> a lot of there's a lot of weird shit Well, yeah, about the that.
1: Pro, the problem I have with that is like the specifically calling out that single person or smaller group subset of hunters that you don't agree with to paint the the entire group. Like
0: well, that, they think that that's the only way they can get people to stop. They think that what they've done with Cecil, look, they they enacted real change. Yeah, there's been real change around a lot of this stuff. Yeah. With with Cecil, they enacted real change. But unfortunately, a lot of it has been negative. What people don't understand is how much it costs the people that live there. And about these hunting concessions get closed down and then these animals go wild and then what happens is poachers just take over and a lot of the animals get decimated the same way they did in the United States before market hunting was outlawed.
1: Well, well you look at what what a concession is, right? A concession, and this happened, I want to say it happened in like the late 70s and early 80s in Africa where there was, you know, especially antelope and African antelope and all these other species that were there. They They were not at the brink of extinction, but they were suffering, a concession is essentially a bunch of landowners get together and be like, let's put a fence around our stuff to keep everything, keep poachers out and keep the animals in. Once, you know, in Africa, when especially South Africa, when concessions became prevalent, uh, wildlife populations skyrocketed, you know, tripled, doubled, times 10, hundreds of thousands of antelope that weren't there before. Unfortunately,
0: there because that's the only way they could have value. They yeah. have value because they have monetary value.
1: Yeah, and I'm not i I'm conflicted about that point. me too, yeah, I'm conflicted about it. It's like a thing that worked, but is that the way i don't I don't know. I've been over there. I'll probably never go back over there because um, there's just so many things in this in North America I'd like to pursue, but like it's something I was involved like I went and did, and I realized, hey, look, this is way too complicated and and it's there's too much way too much American influence based on the money we bring yeah. over there that isn't rooted in exactly what's good for Africa. Right. So I, I think like African hunting is valuable. It's like, you can paint that picture all day long. They can be like, this is, it's valuable. It's valuable for these reasons. And nobody can really argue like the end result of the thing but what's no, being argued
0: argue the end result because it's been so much more effective than just conservation based on donations. Yeah. And that's what people don't understand that argue against it. You're wrong when it comes to the the numbers, <laughs> the numbers you're, wrong. you're just wrong. Like you would like to think that people hunting zebras don't help, but they do. Yeah. That's what they help way more than people that go over there to take photographs.
1: Yeah, so so am I willing to say like get rid of that so I can feel better about hunting? No, fuck no, because I want there to be more animals. I mean, the
0: number is so different in the amount of money they contribute. This is where people have to understand, because they'll throw some numbers at you. Like, you know, uh, 5,000 people go to safaris, only 2,000 people hunt. Yeah, Yeah, sure. But the 2,000 people that hunt, they hunt and they spend way more fucking money. It costs a lot of money to shoot a lion. It costs like $50,000. As much as you find lion hunting distasteful, you have to understand that if you remove it, it's like when you take
1: a dictator out, yes. and then you have like a power vacuum. How do you replace it? You, you gotta replace <laughs> it. Well, and it's just like there, are just some like on the ground things that happen too. Around, look, if you want to do wildlife viewing, you got to cut roads. You, like, yeah, you got to put. If you want to do wildlife viewing, people are gonna pay less. So it means you have to have more people encroaching on on these places where yes. these wild animals are. You have to make parks where humans can't go and. And
0: And you have to be prepared when humans get attacked by animals, which is going to fucking happen.
1: And so it's it's never as as simple as it seems. It is as simple as it seems to say, like, the numbers say that that African trophy hunting is benefiting the wildlife. Now, is it benefiting in the way that everybody thinks is best? That's debatable. But you can't You can't sit here and say like if we end this today, there'll be more game. It's like it's probably the reverse. It is the reverse. It's probably Um, the reverse.
0: It it might. It'll hurt your feelings, but it's the reverse. Yeah. Um, What's going on right now in Africa with what what, the exact area that Cecil the lion happened in is that they had to call two hundred lions, they had to shoot two hundred lions, which means they had to pay someone to go and shoot these lions because they're. Their population had gotten so high, they were decimating the ungulate population. So all the antelope and all the different animals that the the lions were hunting, they were destroying them. Yeah. Because they have to eat a lot, man. But you're a 600-pound cat?
1: And all you care, you're a a meat processor on four legs, bro. Like, there's no... You can't be like, hey, listen, man. Listen. Just lay off for a couple of weeks. (laughs) Listen. I know they're delicious. (laughs) I know you really like to eat them.
0: Also... You know, they're, they were just breeding unchecked. Yeah. And then their populations quickly got to a very unmanageable number. Yeah. Well, it S- seems... It sucks. It's,
1: it's never as simple as it seems. The mountain lions in California, Washington, and Oregon, like this year in Oregon and Washington, two people were killed, one in each state. That hasn't happened in 100 years. You know, I've talked to a lot of people that say that's an anomaly, but it happened nonetheless. Yeah, but um, it
0: doesn't mean anything. If it's an anomaly. It's also a reality. Is it? yeah, It's the something reality, that happens. Those are predators. Yeah, and they're big.
1: And they're they've killed I think fifty five bears in the Greater Yellowstone ecosystem this year. Just I, I probably that number I, could be skewed in some way for me, but I think that's what I heard. And that but could be a lot of black bears, right? That invade into. I think it, this is this was all grizzly bears that had either been hit by cars or were nuisance or were getting around somebody's cattle that had been shot i think that's the number you'd have to look that up and confirm i'm right about that because that's a pretty serious uh, accusation if i'm wrong but Th- you know that happens in that th- so there's no simple there's no simple way to put it man well, you can't it happens just
0: here with mountain lions I mean mountain lion hunting is outlawed in California but they kill the same amount of mountain lions Yeah. and the way they kill them is they have to hire people and they have to use public funds these tax dollars and they hire a guy with dogs to go catch these fucking cats yeah. and kill them
1: yeah I mean we, we hours ago we talked about the North yeah. American model of wildlife conservation but that's a thing it's not infallible, but it's pretty fucking close, in my opinion. It's a very good
0: system, and there's more stuff that we didn't cover, but shit, dude. We're deep. We're deep. Three hours into this motherfucker.
1: How long, Jamie? Three hours in. Yeah. It's a good, good JRE. It's a solid one. It's a solid one. Let's wrap this bitch up.
0: See ya. Ben O'Brien, I'm glad we did this, my brother. Always good talking to you, man. Love you, too, It's good, love you, man. I love it's good too, to see man. you. Great to see you. You're the man. Let's uh, go play some Techno Hunt. Yeah. All right, everybody. Bye. Bye-bye. See
3: ya.